Bad snap. Bobble. Oh. Scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Good morning, East Lansing, and welcome in to the Green and White Report. And oh man, we have a sold-out crowd this morning at the WDBM studios. We have uh, yes, it's it's like a meeting of the minds. It's like a. Uh, some kind of board meeting here. Dude, I just, I kept seeing people rolling up. I drove in with Liam, like, simultaneously. This and is, then this is just, the, this is like the, the uh, WDBM Green and White Report executive board meeting. Yeah. So we have... Uh, Everyone who is someone at the station, for the most part. I am here, Luke Sloan. Trent Valley is here. What's up? His brother is here, making his Green and White Report debut, if I am correct. Yes, that'll be fun. Miles He'll throw Valley. me under the bus, we'll have some fun. We also have... Of course, Jacob Phillips. We have Matt Merrifield. We have Jay DeCoster. Liam Jackson is here today, our incoming sports editor. Of course, Henry Mena goes on the ones and twos. Producer of the year. And one cannot forget Mr. Cam McLaren, who will be coming in to discuss a big win for the Michigan State hockey team last night, snapping that 13-game losing streak. We got a lot to do here, Trent. I, I you have your Motley Crew uh, shirt on today. Yeah, no, it's always Motley Crew or, or or something Detroit sports. Got to channel the inner animal, you know. We're we're feeling good today. Obviously, we have a Michigan State win to talk about here, so the, yes. the the mood is a lot better than when we were talking to you this past Sunday. But you wrote this on the sheet. Spring is around the corner, and I'll tell you, here in Mid Michigan this morning, it feels like spring. It's warm, sunny. The snow is melting a little bit. You just forget how cold 10 degrees is until it becomes 30 yep. and then also there's nothing more midwest or mid-michigan than starting the show by talking about the weather but that's neither here nor there we should have like, had the, to be done. the green and white reports weather report we should have like a weather anchor i think matt you could probably handle that jay or matt the meteorologist merrifield matt, I like Ma- it. matt it's got a nice ring is a really good name for a meteorologist henry i think henry menegos is too let's head over to our uh, meteorologist uh, at, over at the weather desk, Henry Menegos, so they check funny on the story, forecast. Funny story, in high school, I actually was the weather, like the weather guy. What for, can't he do? For for our t- our town's radio station, I did like a, a job, like, uh, tr- like I don't know what they call it, I can't remember, but it was like student work, like, I don't know. Was, Hank, are you a weather nerd? No. Do you do you really, do you know the dew point? I What's am. the dew point this morning, Hank? Uh, I don't even know what that means. I can't 18 remember. degrees? <laughs> 18 degrees, perhaps? I, I am sure. unsure. Henry, no idea. You probably forecasted it. a hell of a lot of snow up there, Henry. Yeah, that's uh, that was a given. I didn't even have to look at the weather. I could I could just uh, pinpoint that just intuition. Hank, do you have a telescope? Do you like? Do you, can oh. you tell like when the planets shift and that kind of thing? I don't, but I did, and I was like, I got like super into it for a while. I was like, dude, I can see the moon with this thing. This is insane. That's pretty cool. Hey, it was a busy weekend in the Menegos Manor as well. Henry had a, wow. quite a few guests this week at the at an the ensemble, household. an ensemble, if you will. He's sipping his coffee right now, which I didn't know you were a coffee guy. Well, is this hey, new? Drastic times. Is that the, <laughs> drastic times call for drastic measures? This is pretty big time. Yeah. So we are we're we're joined by another person in studio, and that would be Mr. Brendan Shabath, right yes. behind you, Trent, just into the studio. The man. Here, which is perfect timing because we're just about to get into a hell of a win for Michigan State hoops. 
last week it was doom and gloom. We were uh, Michigan State was in the midst of a big time losing streak. They had not yet added that loss against Iowa, but nevertheless, they got off the Schneid with a win over number four Purdue yesterday, thanks to Tyson Walker's game winning three pointer. Just canned it at the buzzer. Brendan and I were both on the call, and uh, Tom Izzo. He tied Bob Knight as the winningest coach in Big Ten history, which is a hell of a time to do it when they needed the win so badly. A brand-new starting five in this game uh, was ran out there for Michigan State of A.J. Hogart, Max Christie, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, and Julius Marble. And the cherry on top is that Mel Tucker was in the zone for the game. So I just went through the checklist, and everything sounded quite nice. It was a nice little stew there for a win. I was so jealous that I took this one off, although I took it off for good reasons. We'll get into that later. But I was so jealous watching you guys do the stand-up. And Michael Michael Markotch yes. absolutely killed it, so shout-out to him. But He'll be man, on the call today at 2.30 for the women's basketball game as well. Yes. And no it, rest for the weary. Shout-out to him. We're just doing work over here, but that's neither here nor there. It was, this was an awesome win. Do we want to get into it? Sure. You want, you want to give the numbers, Sloan? Do, do you want to introduce our uh, our host? Our, uh, well, okay. Our guest America's favorite, well. America's sweetheart, Brennan Shabath. He's here. Brennan, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good morning. Uh, this is fantastic. Well, uh, I'm over. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> don't even, don't throw yourself under the bus. No, if someone else to. does it, it's fine. You I was I was fully reliant on the Sparties upstairs being open for my breakfast, here's, and it's not. Here, there's a, there's a problem here. Trent. Tragic. There's a problem here. Brennan and I had an informal basketball beat meetup, which was accidental at a local establishment last yes, night. It oh, was. No rhymes free ads. With, rhymes with uh, tricks. <laughs> oh, God. So right. I just ran into him. Someone tapped me on the shoulder and I said, Oh no, is, is someone threatening me? Right. And then it was Brendan. A scuffle? Yeah, this yeah, big I was six, like, There's still risk of a scuffle when that happens. With six, me, eight, but. dude, or however the hell tall you right. are, or whatever. He, yeah, he, he just walks up behind you and. He's got that the Marcus Bingham Jr. wingspan. Yes. Hey, but nevertheless, Michigan State got a win when they needed it uh, very badly. Gay Brown, someone who we've been imploring He's to back. have a big game, 13 on 3 of 5 shooting from deep. Julius Marble in the starting lineup had 12 on 5 of 5 shooting, had some late free throws. A.J. Hogart stayed in the starting lineup. He had 11 and 6 dimes. Great defense, too, all day. Christie shot 50% from the field, which you put on the show sheet. He had 11 points. Tyson, Joey Hauser, they had 8 off the bench apiece. Bingham played well in stretches defensively, and we mentioned this on the broadcast, he became Michigan State's uh, all-time co-leader with 153 blocks. Shout-out Grand Rapids' yes. own Xavier Tillman, who we tied for that record. And Marcus Bingham's Grand Rapids' own. Yeah. I mean, the, the the road to becoming the MSU blocks leader runs through Grand Rapids. It's just a Bingham or whoever. The next player that comes from Grand Rapids will just have to retake that record. I suppose. It's gonna be my son. It's gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be Trent Bally the second. Trent Bally Jr. Yeah, he's gonna be like six eight somehow. Would it be Trent Bally Jr. or Trent Bally the second? I don't know. Probably this probably, is a conversation for another day. Probably Mrs. Two. Bally will have probably to. the second because he'll be TV two. But whatever, TV two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's better than TV twelve. That's, That's nice. Perfect. I'll say that here first. Get, uh, just a couple of your thoughts quickly though, Trent, on the win, its significance for Michigan State, and really this punching their tickets uh, into the dance. The team is just—it's a team. There's no star that while these teams may not win down the stretch of games they will win down the stretch of seasons you know when you need a guy to give it to to kind of get out of the way and get you a bucket this team hasn't really had that this year but Tyson Walker is kind of emerging as that so that's that was my biggest takeaway but also Sloan you just went through the stats like you can't 
just give your typical one or two best players from the day. Like, no. Gabe Brown, Marble, Hogard, Christie, Hauser, Walker, Bingham. It was a group effort. Mati Sissoko got in there and hustled his ass off. So it was just a true team win. That's kind of been the story for the, for this whole you know team this year is just – when that team plays like it did yesterday on both ends of the floor and really controls the tempo, that was the top ten team we saw earlier in the earlier in the season. And Brendan, you and I on the at the end of the broadcast were really just going through kind of a checklist of things that were good. And I mentioned a few of them. Christie having a better shooting night. Hogard playing very well during stretches. Heroics from Tyson Walker once again. Julius Marble really showing some physicality in the post. And and just an you you called it perfectly at the end of the broadcast. You said it was an end to end. Very good defensive effort. They were the more physical team than Purdue, which, like Tom Izzo said, is extremely hard to do considering what Purdue has been under Matt Painter. They shot the basketball very well, 45% from three. And you and I were kind of catching up about this on the broadcast yesterday. This felt very, very similar to the way they won ball games earlier in the season, so that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, they were at once a top-five defensive team in the country, and we saw that again yesterday. They really looked and played the part of what that defense is capable of doing. Marcus Bingham Jr. had a lot to do with that. Uh, A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker stepped up a lot on the guards. Um, Gabe Brown played great defense on Sasha Stefanovic, who I think had zero points, which was huge for Michigan State to not let Purdue shoot the three. And then we can't talk enough about what Julius Marble did down low against Travion Williams and Zach Eady. And then Marty Sissoko had those really good four minutes that – kind of set the tone, you know, that everybody in this game is coming to play. But listen, I didn't give him a shot. You didn't give him a shot. Credit to Trent. His his score prediction was off by just one um, in favor of Purdue. But... Which I've never even come close to doing something right. like that, by the way. Said, I'm always like, Lions by 14! No, we'd have not... to go back and check the tape. But you, I believe, said 68-64 yes. good guys. And it was 68-65 good guys. You you put a couple more particulars down on the show sheet for the Boilermakers. Zach Eady had 25. Jaden Ivey had 16. He'll be a future Piston, either him or Jabari Smith. Jabari yeah. Smith, Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith. I saw Jabari your tweet. Smith. We need, I, I we did want retweet it. that later. Tweet but it into existence. Yeah. I, I want to talk about We did it with Cade. Uh, we did. Yeah. No, we did on the, the Impact Is Own podcast as well. Available. I had a bad take about Cade, too, back then. You guys remember that? Really? I don't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like up. him until, of course, we won the lottery. You weren't like a Jalen Green guy, right? No. Okay. Good. Okay. I, I, no, I was holding thank my breath there for God. a second. No. <laughs> I want to continue. I, uh, 25 points, though, for Edie was his career high, uh, just the sophomore from Toronto, Ontario. And I want to talk about the strategy the Spartans had defending the Boilermakers. Tom Izzo made it pretty damn clear in the postgame that they were keying in on their threes and they did not want a lot of them to go down. So they just guarded straight up. They let Edie get a few of his own. He also got in some foul trouble at times, which I think helped Michigan State because they were very physical with him. They got under his skin a little bit. I think the crowd did as well. But how did you like the approach to really defend the three hard? And then that ended up going into a one of nine shooting performance from deep for a top two three-point shooting team in America. So the strategy worked out for Izzo and kind of branching on that, he hasn't necessarily had a couple of his best coaching jobs lately, but we talked about it after the game. He he thoroughly outcoached Matt Painter yesterday, and this was one of the, the top areas. I think so, too. And that was also something that we kind of all discussed on Impact Izone. Check it out if you want. Uh, was just that 
Tom Izzo t- has a tendency to outcoach Matt Painter on this floor. When it's you know in La- West Lafayette, that's a completely different story. But hey, this was here. This was the big you know the big win that you needed. And Sloan, you're exactly right. The game plan and and, and Izzo even said it at halftime. Like we're gonna give them twos. We're not giving up threes. Like twos hurt you, threes kill you. That's I think what he said. So it's just you're exactly right. And I think putting Malik Hall in the starting lineup, which we can talk about how they shook up the starting lineup, that maybe kind of helped set the tone a little bit. And then you bring a guy like Marcus Bingham off the bench to sort of you know stifle uh, Edie a little bit more and, and kind of just throw with a kitchen sink at him, right? Because when it mattered, Edie was a non-factor at the end, which sounds crazy because he ended with 25 points, but they couldn't really go to him. It was actually Travion Williams who was uh, kind of the hero for the Boilermakers. So you put a question down here on the planning documents, and that will be, what is your one biggest takeaway from this Michigan State win? 517-884-8989 is the telephone number if you want to text us with your one biggest takeaway from this win. There are really a lot of options here, and I have a pretty good feeling. I know the group consensus of that number one thing, and I, I'm going to go over to Brendan on this one because I think he's going to speak for all of us, even though we'll have to have different ones. You're here, throwing but. him a lob? Yeah, I'm, th- I'm throwing him a lob, just like uh, whoever threw it to Bingham yesterday when he threw it Who down. Was, that? was it was it Tyson? I think. Uh, no, yeah, idea. it might have been. I think it might have been Tyson. I don't remember, but we did talk about that, and, and, I, and I mentioned it on the cast. The cast. The uh, cast. Um, we saw more Marcus Bingham Jr. lobs again, which was good, and it worked out. And that one in there particular, was a couple fired of, up a couple the crowd. of Brown at least one. Too. Gabe Brown back cuts too. But as far as lobs to me, I'm not quite sure where this one's going. So my biggest takeaway is not that, you know, Tom Izzo coaches better in, in late February and March, and he talked about that in the press conference and said that's nonsense. I've been working my ass off all of February. Um, but my biggest takeaway is that it looks like this team might have refound its identity. We kind of knew what they were early in the season and – how they were going to be successful. But even then, on a nine-game win streak, none of those nine wins really felt the way they did against Wisconsin, against Michigan, and yesterday against Purdue. You know, tough, stifling defense, a collective shooting outburst from four to five guys, um, and just an energy diving for loose balls, winning 50-50 balls, out-rebounding the other opponent. Um, I think this team found out the recipe to to success and I wouldn't say no better time. They could have used it about five games no ago, kidding. Yeah. but uh, it, you know, right before the postseason is a good time to find it. Well, I think I know your one biggest takeaway trend. My biggest it, thing it might rhyme with Mabe. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe Brown is back. Yes. That's a big takeaway. I think he's out of the slump. Christy, we talked about it. The freshman wall might be a thing, right? You might hit the freshman wall a little bit. You know what ain't a thing? The senior wall. And that's why Gabe Brown scoring zero points in the last game was such a big deal because you lose by 26. And your best player, you know, quote-unquote, I don't exactly subscribe to that, but your quote-unquote best player, your senior captain, didn't even show up in the Iowa game. And look, he set the tone against Purdue. He stayed in the starting lineup despite this string of bad games. And he shot the ball with confidence. And, I mean, he was just locked in on both ends like Brennan talked about. But my other big takeaway is the turnovers. Ten turnovers for the Spartans is obviously not great, but it's good when you look at the big season, you kind of zoom out in the big picture here. That's been a, big, a huge trend with this team is just it turns the ball over too much. And on defense, conversely, forced 17 out of Purdue. Like that, that it, you're going to win every game that you force 17 turnovers out of a Big Ten team. I guess I have a couple of mini takeaways per se. The first one being 
obviously this completely punches their ticket. I yeah. was not one person who thought, oh, they're not going to make the tournament. I knew they would find a way. I didn't know yeah. what well, game. Well, real quick, I only too. thought if they lost out, they lost would they out. hop on the bubble. Well, I real agree. quick, I, we can talk about this later, and we can save some of this for the podcast, but for ending the season, you know, winning out is now possible. I mean, yeah. it's it's very plausible. Oh, so we'll, there's, I mean, with, you won the one that the you weren't they, supposed to win at the, all. With the way they played yesterday, yep, it is entirely possible. Yes. I mean, you have Maryland coming in in a week from today, Michigan Tuesday. All three of us will be there. H- huge game, yeah. huge game because Michigan needs that one in the worst kind of way. But I guess other than just this, really kind of being the kind of the sealant of them getting in the tournament, which once again, reiterating on my point, I didn't think it was ever in serious jeopardy. I was not one of those alarmists who thought that. But all of a sudden, this win, like you just alluded to, Trent, could propel you to potentially winning out. With the way they played, this team could make a more formidable run in the Big Ten tournament. Like you said, Brendan, they kind of unlocked that formula again that led them to wins early in the season, and they did it against a very, very good team. I know it was a home game, but they outplayed them in every single capacity except for maybe rebounding in points in the paint, which, hello, they have Zach Eadie and Travion Williams. But I guess my biggest takeaway, other than another little mini one I want to get to after we talk about this one, is that all of a sudden, I think with that win, the ceiling crept up a little bit because you said, you know, I, ha- I had some serious doubts about is this team going to be able to play the brand of basketball that it played earlier in the season? I did not think it would get all the way back to that, but they got pretty damn close in this game, which to me, Trent, increases that ceiling. Yeah, it definitely does. We'll talk about seeding and stuff later, but I think the ceiling has now gone back up to a four. Call me crazy. If they went out and win the Big Ten tournament or something like that, they could easily be the last four seed or something like that. So I, if, I, if, I had a, you know, if I had to pick something with a gun to my head, I'd probably go six. Um, I just think given you know full body of work. But, hey, we don't know. They can go to Ann Arbor Tuesday and end Michigan season, essentially. You blow them out by 20 on the road or something like that. That propels. That helps you. Hurts them creates more distance. I don't know. There's a lot to still be played, but you're right, Sloan. A win against Purdue, albeit at home, it's a top-four team in the country. You, you basically dominate. I don't want to say dominated, but you were in control for, I think, the Spartans led 35 minutes the other day. So 34 and change, yeah, I think. Yeah, Almost. so it, it absolutely does raise the ceiling. Hold on, exactly I have right. the number. It was 34-44, so I was very close. I want to get your thoughts as well, too, on kind of the, the bigger picture after this win, and I do want to say... Even though this was an end-to-end victory and they outplayed them in many ways, we've seen the the chronic inconsistencies and and the just the weirdness of this team this year. We've observed it on a week-to-week basis. So I don't want to act like this is a one-win cure-all situation because I do not think it is. But this win could be the key that kind of unlocks the door to it's them a springboard. making the Sweet yeah. 16, for example. Believe me, I am not coming on these airwaves and saying Michigan State is you know, about to go to the final four after this win today. They need to comp- they need to keep playing with this kind of effort, especially defensively like they did yesterday. Shooting the basketball, they just needed to break out of that slump, and they did yesterday, so I feel a little bit better about that. But I just wanted to temper this a little bit by saying, by no means is this the, the one-win cure-all, in my opinion, but this is a big step because, damn, they beat a good team thoroughly. But I do say that and add... This big step is significant in my mind because if they can continue to play like this, which I think they easily can, that ceiling, Brendan, goes all of a sudden, I agree, up to a four seed if they were to you know, win out and make a run in the tournament. Yeah, I think we've realized over the past two years 
that Tom Izzo has this innate ability to coach against all-star bigs. Last season, Michigan State shut down Trace Jackson Davis, Colburn. Hunter Dickinson, Coburn, EJ Liddell, um, not Tra- Travion Williams lit up Michigan if you State asked last Juwan year. Howard, <laughs> if, you, yeah, he did. if you ask Juwan Howard, they really didn't shut down Dickinson right, this right, year, yeah, to yeah, be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He, well, got, uh, he scored I, a lot of the, points. The, thing you is, know? the only problem with what you just said is you can't ask Juwan Howard because who? where is right, he right now? Because he's not going to be out there. <laughs> he's Juwan's at rehab. Joke's on him. Juwan's in Florida on yeah. the beach right now. Right. He's getting an early spring break in before you the Big Ten tournament. Thank you, Hank. Juwan can't. Henry, I was disappointed, man. You weren't able to make the contest yesterday. Yeah, I know, but I... Honestly, it was a great vantage point from my couch. It was you know, a great vantage point. Every, you know, I, I, that's a good call. Good call. Because good call. every now and again, you kind of have to add a little change up in there and observe a game differently than you normally do to kind of see different things. What are your biggest takeaways from this win, Henry? Actually, I'm going to answer that with a question because I, I have a question. Ah. I've, I've, I've been, I'm meaning to ask you guys now. We feel great about this win, but we we gotta admit this is a little bit of a gauntlet that they have. I won't say a gauntlet, but it's a tough ask this week. We have three games in a week. Two of them are on the road, big t- you know, big road games. Of those three, and I really mean of those two road games, which one do you see most likely they could fall? And and what what are the implications of that loss? Michigan is uh, Michigan is mine just because it's a rivalry game. I, okay, so I want I actually want to let Brendan drive on this because Brendan is our what do you call it? Brendan is the Ken Palm Don is my nickname. He's also for him. our uh, a resident Joe Lenardi bracket. Yeah, he just knows what's going on. Right. Brendan, I think Ohio State's overrated. I think they're beatable. What do you think? I agree, and I think this kind of this is a great timing for your question, Hank, because this goes into my point that I was just making about Tom Izzo uh, game planning against uh, superior big men. Ohio State's very EJ Liddell reliant. Yeah. And I think if Michigan State can kind of limit him or take him out of the game, they don't have the guard and wing play that's really I don't think their guard and wing play is better than Michigan State's on paper. I think the eye test as well. Especially not if they play the way they did yesterday. Right. I think a wrinkle that being Christian Brown. You know, this is nothing against Liddell either, but he's not some kind of seven foot big man. I think That's true. If he, you were he to, can stretch it a lot more. If you were to you know, I think if you put Bingham in there in stretches, I think he can really guard him when he faces up and then Marble is really kind of been a physical force down inside lately. So he if has. you if you throw a nice mix of you know in one on one, Marble throwing elbows into him a little bit, roughing him up, getting under his skin, and then in stretches you can put Bingham in there if he when he does shoot the basketball, that could be a a remedy. I think. Yeah, and, and I just I just see Michigan State's guards outplaying Ohio State, so it'll come down to the big men. And if EJ Liddell goes off for. You know, twenty five. Yeah, Dwayne plus. Washington Jr. is not walking in that door anymore. Right, exactly. Now between the two games, obviously Michigan, I think is you know where Michigan State is more at risk of losing. Not only because it's a rivalry game, not only because it's on the road, but again back to the guards. Devontae Jones, I know he was doing this before the first Michigan Michigan State game where he was playing better and scoring more, but he's doing it again now. And Eli Brooks was a complete non-factor here in East Lansing in the first matchup. I highly doubt that happens again. We saw what he did against Purdue, who Michigan State just beat, when Michigan absolutely ran them off the floor, I think, two weeks ago uh, in the Chrysler Center. Um, So I expect Brooks to show up. Obviously, Dickinson is going to do his thing. Now, the unknown is obviously no Jawan Howard, 
how does Martelli deal with a rivalry game? You know, that's going to be a raucous arena. I'm Phil excited Martelli. to be there, but the I think they're more at risk to drop that Michigan game I and agree. keep some hope alive for the Wolverines. I agree. Sleepy tip-off on a Thursday night, which is a weird night for college basketball in Columbus. They don't really care about basketball down there that much. What time school. is that tip? I think it might be a sleepy 6 p.m. tip. Say, is it a six? If, if I, I, I think Trent's looking it up I now. Am, the Michigan one is late. That's an 8.30. Yeah, 8.30. We will be there, by the way. Yeah. So shout out to us. Late the Ohio State back. game is a 7 p.m. tip. Okay. Trent, I want to... Get to get to one thing you put on the sheet here, and you put a, a, a variety of questions. I like this one a lot. Ten turnovers is ten turnovers or less sustainable for this team over I, the, over the stretch. I actually have some input on this. Give it. There was, I forget which game it was. It was like Toledo or some BS like that. In action early early in the year, and Michigan State lost the turnover battle, but won the game by like twenty or something. And I asked Tom Izzo in his post-game press conference, I'm, I asked him, you know, you guys have an, a negative three-and-a-half turnover margin. Every game you guys lose the turnover battle. This is Now, mind you, this is when Michigan State is like 15-2 and two or something. Yeah. And, you know, but you guys have this offensive ability to, to put the ball up and shoot it well. You know, how are you guys winning these games despite giving up so many turnovers? And Matt Larson uh, from Athletic Communications came up to me after – the press conference when they had the players go off to the... That was when they used to do the players in, in the back room right. separately after the game. Now they just come up to the podium. But Matt Julius Larson, Marble, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Trent, you weren't... Uh, yeah, you Gabe weren't, Brown you weren't was, there for that. Gabe was... Yeah. Was he was hyping uh, up Julius oh, okay. and, and I, the presser. I love that. Yeah. Get, but anyways, yeah. I didn't mean to... Yeah. yeah. But um, so Matt Larson comes up to me and says, you know, he, he didn't call it a dumb question, but he was kind of like, hey, you know... Th- for years, this Tom Izzo program has averaged 13 turnovers per game and had a negative turnover margin and, and still won games. It's not really a different thing. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, they're averaging 13 per game. And he's like, well, right, that's a lot. But, you know, if it, where they want to be is 10. If You know, if they can average 10 turnovers yes. per game, they'll be successful and they'll be fine. And 10 turnovers is really not a lot. You know, anytime a team is in single digits, they're yes. likely going to win the game. 10 is obviously the- just one more. The way, and the way they played the yesterday. The way they played. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the turnovers that they had. It was, it was such a flipped script because Purdue and their turnovers looked a lot like Michigan State has yes. in many of their losses. They had a lot of pick sixes. Michigan State's turnovers, on the other hand, looked a lot more like Michigan State turnovers. Yes. Like yeah. Running, and, running in transition, that kind of thing. Right. Like, and, make those your turnovers, not yeah. dribbling off your foot out of bounds. Right. Um, but, but a lot of Michigan State turnovers yesterday led to dead balls, too, which was big to... Let the defense settle. I thought it was huge that Jaden Ivey didn't get to run as much as he did. I mean, we saw it right from the jump. Just how, I mean, you can see it on TV, and, and, you know, that's fantastic. But when you're there in person, it's clear as day. I don't know if there's a faster player in college basketball who can get from zero to 94 feet. I don't, the way. He bursts. He's got those long, muscular legs. I mean, he's so fast. And Michigan State's ability to limit their transition opportunities was huge. Purdue's not a big running team. They don't live off of the fast break like Michigan State does. But the fact that they stopped Purdue from running at all and Ivy getting down there and ran themselves in transition. Matt Painter talked about it after the game. Shout out Matt Painter. Love him. But he talked about it after the game that, you know, Michigan State had a lot of those 
uh, pick six touchdown turnovers and, and, and scored on a lot of runaway layups and fast breaks and stuff. And that was huge. So I wanted to get to the, the, big, the bigger picture here because we talked a little bit about the ceiling for this team, in our opinion, being increased a little bit with this win. How much do we think that is? Trent, you mentioned a four seed as the ceiling. Also, I want to throw on our floors here and then get a little bit more into to Michigan before we wrap this. The floor, and see, this is just this is such a lousy take by me because I think it's always you know what? if gonna, they play the way they did I'm yesterday, call a blah, 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 blah. Though, because Brennan and I had hella lousy takes on the podcast this past week because we were... Hold on, let me wipe this saying, damn egg off my face. We, we were saying BS, like, is the message not coming through? And, oh, man. Well, here's the thing. The, I mean, we... Alarms, we, panic. I, I unleashed on them, too. We all unleashed on them. But at the end, I don't know, man. We picked I, them to I, lose I, I think though. they listened to us is what it is. I, I think yeah. they proved the point to us. I grew up watching this. I've seen this so many times. I know it gets old to say, you know, Nathan Stearns is always like, can we panic yet, Trent? Can we panic? Can we panic? And I'm like, no, 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 no. 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 Because I've just seen it so many times my entire life. And look. Like you said, Sloan, I don't know if that one win is the one win cures all. I have no idea because you're you're exactly right. If you go and it could be get kicked but... by Michigan, then you're kind of like, eh, you're kind of yeah. SOL again. Like eh, that sucks. Like we we got we got problems now. So they got to beat the mafia and Michigan. You got to stay. That's a problem. Yeah, they got to win a fist fight. Apparently, in the Phil hand, Martelli. They got to win the handshake line. Phil We're Martelli's talk about that front is basketball, apparently. <laughs> we, we, man, we're a week removed, of course, but of, of course that happened like an hour after we finished, uh, you know, I on know. the air because I, we would have. Yeah, unleashed. imagine if you guys got to watch that live during the show. I would have been screaming. I gotta say, I, I, that was the one thing I said to to Nick was I, I just wish that I could hear a Trent Valley take on the air right now, reaction to to this unfolding. I just I I tried Live to do it justice video. on Twitter, but you know nothing. There's nothing like the airwaves. The point is, Sloan, if the team plays the way it did yesterday, the floor you're gonna get out of the first weekend. That's the floor. You're just too good. You play too smart. You have the team depth to win comfortably in rounds one and two. The Sweet 16, I think, is like it. the ceiling for me would be the Elite Eight. I don't think this is a Final Four team. They have time to change my mind about that. Of course. I mean, one way to do that is to go out and win the Big Ten tournament, you know, against the likes of a Purdue or an Illinois or, or, you know, get another crack at one of these teams. But a lot of season to play, uh, really not three games, but you know what I mean. There's a lot to still look at, but I will say floor is the second weekend and the ceiling's the Elite Eight. That's where I'm at. I think the, the floor for sure has also kind of increased for me because now you're looking at they're sitting at 19 wins easily with the chance to get to 20 to 22 wins with, you know, talk about if they go knock Michigan off or one right. of Ohio State, win a game in the Big Ten tournament, you're looking at a 22-win team perhaps. So I think the floor is, is easily like a six. I can't really see it being any lower than that at this point. The ceiling probably still taps out at like a four. I don't Unless they well, were they just like, can't do enough to, you know, there's not enough. They'd have to rip the Big Ten tournament off. And the thing is, too, about the Big Ten tournament, which just pisses me off every year, is it doesn't matter. They because they because the championship game is played hours before the selection show. They kind of have yeah. it set in stone. I, I think you know, talking floor and ceiling, that's one issue that you know when we get this late towards the the selection show. Yeah. Is that you know for Michigan for a team like Michigan you know if Purdue goes and wins the Big Ten tournament if Illinois Ohio State if one of those guys do it Wisconsin their seed is probably not going to change so much yeah. Michigan State if they win the Big Ten tournament will 
I can almost guarantee lose a seed line just because of how late that tournament is. There's yeah, not enough time for the committee to decide. Maybe and to the, maybe they'll be a four, but if they you know when they win the tournament, they should be a three. I think. Yeah. But but to, to the committee's credit, and this is my last thought on the seeding thing, but to the committee's credit, they do a pretty good job of body of work, right? Like you talk about last yeah. year's team, we were all up in arms because they got a play-in game and they were an 11 seed, but they really shouldn't have made the tournament. Like, it's not a what have you done for me lately thing. I don't care that you beat three top five teams in the last six games or whatever. You didn't show up for half the season. You yeah. looked like an 11 seed and that's what you got. So it's just, I mean, I thought they deserved higher, but I can totally, at least the committee has that, you know, perspective of they're going to zoom out. They're never just going to be prisoners of the moment, I guess, is my, my final yeah. thing. Your and floor and ceiling too, Brendan? Uh, floor, I, I still, you know, this is the same, I don't want to say same team, same roster, same right. coaching staff that lost at home to Northwestern, put up 55 points on the road at Illinois. You Got know, beat by 26. Lost to Iowa. on the road to Iowa. That that just looked really, really bad for some stretches this season. It's also the same team that beat the number four team in the country with a fantastic defensive performance yesterday. So, But I still think this is a Michigan State team that could very well get into the tournament and lose its first game. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised Nothing if that Nothing would happens. shock me. That's the, a, not a bad take. The issue with the ceiling, though, is, you know, say they win five more games this year. Let's say they win two of the next three, three. And then three in the Big Ten tournament. They don't win the Big Ten tournament, but they make a nice run. Um, they'll be probably a five seed. But, you know, they win the first two games of the tournament. They've already got to beat a good team the second game, probably, yeah. unless somebody gets upset. That's the thing, because the conference is so deep. Right. And and, and the, the third game in the NCAA tournament is going to be tough. You know, just the more they win, the more confidence that grows in them. So, yeah. you know, we could be here a month from now, and they're – in an Elite Eight matchup, and they just knocked off the number one seed, Kansas Jayhawks, to get to the Elite Eight, then it's yeah. like, oh, well, they might be a Final Four team. So it, it's going to change. But as right, we sit right here. I, I think it's a Sweet 16 team. I still don't know. You just look. I, I look around college basketball. You guys know how much I, I, I'm tuned in on yes. it and, and trying to pay attention. And yesterday, you know, for those of you that don't, that are, that are really just Michigan State fans, yesterday was a wild day for college basketball. AP numbers one through six lost, nine lost as well. First time that's ever happened, right? All of them on the road, too, which was really surprising. I wish I, you know, had tuned into my FanDuel account before and kind of noticed that all of these games were losable on the road. Kentucky played a really tough Arkansas team. Auburn played a really tough Tennessee team. I didn't see Texas Tech, Gonzaga, or who was the other one? Arizona losing. Those were kind of surprising. I'm sure a lot of people didn't see Purdue losing. But... There's so much change that's going to happen um, nationally before we get to this tournament. And I just see this as a year where, like, Tennessee, Texas Tech, um, St. Mary's. Texas Tech, baby. Guns up. St. Mary's. Somebody, somebody that's like like Villanova who's St. been Mary's. struggling. Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas is oh, a really love good Arkansas team. Like, like so one much. of those teams who's in the top 20. Houston. Is gonna find a way like into the final four somehow yeah. as as a four seed, a five seed, whatever mm-hmm. it is. There's so many worthy teams that that have the makeup of a final four roster to get there. So I just don't know if Michigan State can overcome the depth nationally of college basketball right now. Could be totally wrong, but my ceiling, Sweet Sixteen, floor, first round exit. All right, we are gonna hit a break. 
I am going to eat my punchki. <laughs> um, yes, the the donut corner has been replaced by the punchki corner for one week only. It's a one week special. Um, this is a banana punchki. It's delicious. Let me just say. Um, but if you have thoughts on Michigan State basketball, five one seven eight eight four. Or Jawan Howard. Or, or lack thereof at this point. Yeah. 517-884-8989 is the telephone number. You can text us with your thoughts at that phone number. But on the other side of the break, plenty more to come. Plenty more people to talk to today on the Green and White Report. 89FM, the music that matters. Every Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., Impact 89FM gives away prizes like tickets to upcoming concerts, music festivals, movies, and more. Just listen to the top five at five, write down the names of our top five songs of the day, and call our request line when the last song ends. If you can list each song, you win. That's it. Only on Impact 89 FM. Thank you for dining with us tonight. Your waiter will be here to take your order shortly. Thank you. So, Mark, what did you say you did for a living? Well, I'm kind of between things right now. I got let go from my last job, but it wasn't my fault. Oh, sorry to hear that. How long have you been out of work? Just two and a half years. I've been living with my parents, so it's no big deal. The only problem is I don't have a car, so they have to take me everywhere. That's nice. So, uh, what do you like to do in your spare time? Well, I play a lot of video games, and I watch Netflix. But I haven't been too active because I've been feeling a little ill. Well, did you at least get your flu shot this season? Duh. Flu vaccines are the best way to reduce the chances that I'll get the flu or spread it to others. Wow, he's so dreamy. Tell me more. Flu season is here. From October to May, you need to protect yourself. Sign up at your doctor's office or local pharmacy to get your flu shot today. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM. I know one person out there who's definitely listening right now who's very pleased that Henry just chose this song. Henry, let it play, baby. We're just going to let it play out. Oh, we're going to let it play. She was in Detroit the other night. Markel was there. Yep. Shout out to Markel. Friend of the program. This is unbelievable. I am so disappointed I was not at the concert. This is probably like the song of the year, right? Biggest yes. hit of the year. No I would doubt say. this is the song of the year. Yeah. I, I am unbelievably Yes, play Mad Merrifield in the studio right now is holding up a sign on his phone that says play levitating. The Snapchat <laughs> signs have been kind of a, a cult favorite of East Lansing places. Another great weekend here in Fight City, by the way, in my humble opinion, but disappointing that we were not at the Dua Leap. Henry, I think we <laughs> Henry, I'm, I'm interested in your opinion on this. How would you have felt if we did a Friday afternoon drive remote green and white report from the concert? I, I wait, Wouldn't that have been green, unbelievable? Green and white report? I didn't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Green, I green was, and white report with Dua Lipa. I was full. Yeah. We'll feature. No. I green was and white report on location? I was fully I was fully in support of the field trip, but we did not we didn't do it. I know that's all right. That's can, you, okay. can you imagine we're on the concourse at Little Caesars Arena? They do shows there before like Pistons and Wings games and yeah, it'd stuff. Be a blast. And we could do the Green and White Report pregame Dua Lipa concert. A remote show. We get the big oh, impact tablecloth out. My goodness, we'd have yeah. the whole the whole crew would be there. We'd have a we'd have a suite for the concert. 
disappointing. We've, we, we definitely fumbled the bag on attending. Hey, we're joined live in studio now by Mr. Jacob Phillips, who is a our resident <clears throat> Packers fan. You know, he's actually an owner. We have the owner here. We have the owner of the Green Bay Packers here in studio in East Lansing. I didn't know that this day would come. But Jacob, as the owner of the Green Bay Packers, we have some pressing questions for you, my friend, because we love our prickly Aaron Rodgers conversations. So, oh, Jacob, how are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Good. Uh, really excited to start getting kind of into this hot button issue. Yeah, it is. It really is. And and, and who better to ask you than tell someone to stop who follows on Instagram, the situation? Please. Yeah. Um. Get, can you? Uh. Can, can, I'm just gonna let you drive, Jacob. What, what What's going on with your man Aaron Rodgers? So it's really been a big question for those that don't know. He posted Monday night this huge message about. You know, being grateful and thankful grateful for everything. Grateful for his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Simp. I still love you. I'll always love you. He's a simp. And for those of us that were really tuned into the issue, it looked like a retirement message. Yes. And so I, along with several other fans and reporters, tuned into the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday and was really excited to see, you know, whether or not he was going to retire. And then he said, I'm not making an announcement today. And immediately I turned it off. And Sloan That's has a a, Sloan feels a certain type of way about these Aaron Rodgers kind of keeping people on the line situations. Well, you know, I really hope he retires so he can go jump off waterfalls and eat exotic foods and host game shows and do all the fun. Wear, wear corduroy suits. Do go all, on more twelve day cleanses. You know, just go, just go live, Aaron. You, you you're such a spectacular human. You are you, just you are you are just. You're the, you're the authority on all issues, public health. You know, you should go like, right. run for government or something, I think. But I just, I sit here on this beautiful Sunday afternoon in East Lansing, and I, 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 I ponder, we have ESPN on in the background. I'll probably turn it on tomorrow morning. And on first take, they'll probably be talking about uh, when is Aaron Rodgers' decision coming? Is he going to retire? Ooh, what teams are possibly connected to him? Is this team going to draft a quarterback, or are they going to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Does he want to stay with the Packers? How is his relationship with the Packers? Ooh, Brian Gunekist. Ooh, Matt LaFleur. Ooh, they hired his old quarterbacks coach from, from back in the day, something. Coach Clements. Oh, man, you know, he's going to date this person now. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Jeopardy might be interested in bringing him back, potentially. Oh, oh shoot. he got a haircut. Oh, my gosh. Him and Devontae Adams just put Last Dance stuff on their Instagram stories. Oh, my God. He's, he's vacationing really here. He's doing everything. He's over here. He's over here. He's over here. He's not on the... He's not. He's nowhere close to the facility right now. <laughs> he's I'll, also back with uh, the ex at breakfast the other day, so... Wait, that's something a, I noticed. That's a little TMZ bombshell for you. <laughs> something I noticed, and this is absolutely bizarre, but I love it. We have the entire NFC North contingent here. We have the the Lions. We have the Lions, Vikes, Bears, We have three Bears members of the Lions. Wow. No, four members of the Lions uh, contingent now. Yes. No, five members, including Matt Merrifield. We He's have, shaking his head. We have the Lions contingent here. But we then the, we also the have Jacob Phillips for the Packers, owner of the Packers. We have Jada Coster with Chicago, and we've got Henry Menegos. Of course, with Minnesota. Okay, Jay. So we can, all, we can all kind of jump in here. I want, Jay, I want Jay's opinion on some of this kind of stuff. Jacob, but, but when Jay hops on the microphone here, I just got to ask, are you as PO'd with all of this sauce and smoke? Are you as PO'd as yeah, I Yeah, as am? a fan who actually wants the best for the team, not just the individual, what are your thoughts? I will say the one thing that really annoys me the most is the one place Aaron Rodgers is not, and that's Twitter. Because I constantly follow and check Twitter every day for announcements on this, and it's the one place he posts nothing. I think the last he's post picking was the like wrong social media platforms. Damn it! And he's just—he's hard to follow. He'll go and post like three things on one day, and then not say anything for months. 
And it that's what really annoys me. And of course, with you'll him, catch him in Hawaii next week with his ex. Yeah, he's he's just he's this cult of personality. You know, it's it's this disappearing act. Oh yeah, I'm in Green Bay chilling with Matt Lafleur. Oh wait, am I? I'm in Hawaii. It's yeah, it's I'm jumping so off cliffs. He's a mysterious man. I'm drinking scotch and it's, posting about my ex. He was it's, also the worst Jeopardy host of all the fill-ins. <laughs> I mean, I, it's my, a beautiful history. It's a beautiful mystery. So let's go to my opinion on that. Geograph- will not be geography of the Middle East for five hundred. Hey, how you doing? I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm host of Jeopardy today. How you guys doing? I've been immunized also, in case you didn't know. I think the best take I've heard on Aaron Rodgers is someone described the situation. It's Aaron Rodgers' world. We all just live in it. That's, that's Oh, well, how that's been the case for years. If this is Aaron Rodgers' world, I might have to move somewhere. But listen, Jacob, Jacob Phillips, come at me with some numbers here, because we obviously have to talk about the cap yeah, what's situation. A, what's act, and what's actually going to happen What's going too? to happen? Okay, so the current cap situation... They needed to clear around $50 million at the start of the offseason. Kenny Clark. Yeah, they've restructured Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, and David Bakhtiari so far. They're currently still $28 million over salary cap. And it has been re- reported that Aaron Rodgers is asking for $50 million to come back. A now, year? Now, again, this isn't what he's said. This is things that like Pat McAfee said and what people have. It's more of a secondhand thing. People said $50 million. So, which really you know hurts them in cap space. Hey, get your money, Aaron. You're an MVP. You know? I mean, it, it, just, it just seems like that's what he plays for every year. Go get the MVP, man. Jacob, if they were to do something like that, is it going to be like a one-year? Is it going to be a year-to-year thing so that he can keep him on the line? Or what, like, what? how do you see it playing out? Because how old is he, 39? Uh, I think he's closer to like 37, 38. Okay, okay. So I just like, what do you see long term? Is he going to sign a multi-year contract or is it going to be a year-by-year thing? I think at most, if he comes back to Green Bay, I I can only see it him returning set for two years. Okay. I think he would he would not sign anywhere for longer than two years because he's been one of those free-flowing, you know, spirit guys that, oh, I go where the wind takes me yes. and I hope that's Florida like Tom Brady. Man, if so, I went where the wind took me in mid-Michigan, I'd be in Okemos one day and in Lake Michigan the other. Wind blows yeah, around here. A lot, lot going on. Jacob, what about Devontae Adams? Are they going to tag him? So That's they, what I was just going to ask. They said they didn't want to, but the report is that they are expected to. And that's going to cost them an extra $20 million in cap space to tag him, which is something they don't want to do. But if you want to keep one of the best receivers in the NFL, it's what you have to do. And it's really – this team has – one of, if not the worst cap situations in this offseason, especially trying to get Aaron Rodgers back. And one more thing is the Jordan Love situation is they said they're not going to take calls for him. Now, personally, I don't think they're getting any. I love Jordan Love. <laughs> Jordan Love handed the Lions a win this year. Shout out. But, Jacob, that was funny. But he that, has that, a, I appreciated that. He has an extra $3.4 million cap hit tied to his name for him to play four games this past year and lose. And it really is. Put him in a, as the holder. It's a struggle to justify keeping him on board. At the beginning of the season, I thought, okay, his stats aren't terrible. He can grow into a better quarterback, and then it just never happened. All right, we let's get the let's get the NFC North roundtable assembled here. The four families. Let's go over to the <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings wing of this uh, roundtable and um, check in with uh, Mr. Henry. I am yeah, Skull. Mr. Henry Skull Menegos, <laughs> nice. our, our Vikings fan who is in, enjoying a brand new head coach and uh playoffs every, don't talk about playoffs. oh Vikings early are not predictions making them next year i'm just saying <laughs> well but um <laughs> you, what are your thoughts if rodgers isn't in the division then they might but is rodgers in the division next year 
Uh, no. Will he be jumping off waterfalls? I don't think he's... How, how, how could he stay after this? How Does, does anybody well, even mean, want him anymore? Do, do the Packers still want him? <laughs> Trent and I don't. I mean... <laughs> He's like he's burning bridges. Saying. He's burning bridges, man. Does anybody even want him on I that just, team anymore? He doesn't win in the playoffs either. <clears throat> yeah, it's less they want him. It's more he's holding their Super Bowl chances hostage. That's what it is. Oh. It's a fifty million dollar hostage negotiation. That poor little town in Wisconsin. They just Beautiful he just little he town. just Fine has folks. him. He's got him gagged and blindfolded, thrown in the corner with the lights shut off. Poor poor wow. Green Bay. That's it's descriptive. Yeah, that's what he, he did it last year too. Did it last year. They came back. Yeah. So, to, so Hank, to your point, like I don't. Can, how can he come back after this? Like, kind of did it last year. He, he, I, he, come he might come back this yeah. year. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I, it, I'm with you though, Hank. I don't think he's a Packer in in no, a few months. How no. could he be? All right, Mr. Jay DeCoster. This is the Chicago Bears contingent of our Green and White Report NFC North Roundtable. The Bears just hired Matt Eberflus. <laughs> yes, Eberflus. <laughs> not all the other ways you can pronounce it. But your thoughts on this situation? Well, if Rodgers is gone, the Bears are still going to be in a couple-year rebuild. Like, this roster is not good enough to contend, especially with the Vikings roster. You got Jefferson, and you got Thielen, and you got, you know, hopefully a better defense over there. But, yeah, I mean, Eberflus, like, I think I said this a few weeks ago, this is kind of a transitional hire. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but Call if, Roger, if the Bear, if the Packers owner or the Bears owner, uh, Aaron Rodgers, is gone, Maybe, maybe division title, maybe wild card. You just said the Bears owner, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's true. I mean, that infamous day at Soldier Field when he said, I, I still own you. Own you. I, was, I was looking at my TV screen like, oh my God. Add that wow. to my list of reasons why that guy just stinks. He's just Mr. Quiet Peace. Oh, you know, He's look at me. the prickliest person in the I history of American sports. And then, yeah. oh, <laughs> I own you, Bears fans. <laughs> Little punk. He's not wrong, but yeah. it's it. He said after the... In the post game, it was because a couple of Bears fans flipped them off. So, oh boo, <laughs> boo, boo! Oh yeah, my like, gosh, they've been doing that for like <laughs> ten years. If I yelled at people every time I've been flipped off in my life, I wouldn't. I'd my voice would be gone more than it is already right now. Yeah, let's. So, uh, you know. I have an idea, Aaron. Since it's Aaron's world and we're all living in it, why don't we just cut everyone's middle finger off as they enter Lambeau Field, Soldier Field, yeah. Ford Field, whatever you want to call idea. it? Great idea. Let's just do that, and then no one's feelings will get hurt. <laughs> you see, <laughs> off the rails, away. guys. I'm off the rails. This exercise that we're doing this morning on the Green and White Report is very necessary because we... This is a very unique thing we're doing. We are not happy as a group with his antics. He can go do whatever he wants, host as many game shows, but the fact is, what is he going to do here between the lines? And that's where I bounce it back to you, Jacob. What actually is going to happen here? Does he stay? Does he retire? Is he playing for a different team last year? Hopefully the AFC. What what are your thoughts? Uh, so I think that fifty million dollar price tag. And again, that's he didn't say fifty million. Like he hasn't said. Uh, but that's anything. just what's floating around. Yeah, that's yeah. what everyone is pretty confident that he wants fifty million. That's really going to hurt his chances of going somewhere. I know Denver is still aggressively calling the Packers. They're about to be office. owned by the crypto folks over there. They will not put the phone down until they get Aaron Rodgers. But personally, I think. Tom Brady's retirement leaves a big vacuum in Tampa Bay. Ooh. I was going to say, I, there's no way he joins the AFC. Why would he join well, the AFC? Well, because that's, that's a good point, Hank, because you would go from playing the Bears, Lions, and Vikings to the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. That's, me, two, that's two playoff teams and one winning record Let team. me enter someone for submission, the Indianapolis Colts. Ready-made Super Bowl roster. I don't see it because I feel like Aaron Rodgers— I'd love it. Aaron Rodgers at this point— I. 
He says he wants to win a championship. I think he wants to get paid to go play football and then in the offseason sit on a beach in Tampa, Florida. I genuinely so think you, that. So you think Tampa? Yeah, I think it's I could basi- see it. Basically, he's planning his retirement in Tampa, I'm assuming. So, so is that what you think is going to happen here? It, it re- it's what I think it, would happen you know, It's hard to get Green a read Bay on this because he's a bum. They're restructuring, and they're just going to completely restructure and mess their cap situation up even more. Like Green Bay is going to fight for Aaron Rodgers, and it's really it's it's going to come down to he's like, you know what? No, I don't want to stay in Green Bay, and he's going to leave. We have a trade. Here's my thing with the Tampa thing, though. Is he really going to follow Tom Brady's footsteps? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's literally true. wear the same number. He's uh, an ego. Like, yeah. that's, Rodgers that's is an a, egotistical right, maniac. That's a, so. that's a big ego hit right there. To like, yeah. and, and then to not win, potentially, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if point, I see that. Good point, Hank. We have a trade proposal from another member of our uh, WDBM's Green and White Report family today, and that would be uh, Matt Merrifield says, Aaron uh, Rodgers for Carson Wentz. Full disclosure, Matt is a Colts fan. He oh. is our resident Colts fan. Would you take that offer? Me? Uh, no, I would, I, would not take, I would not take Carson Wentz. <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know. Carson Wentz, he's a, you know, he's... Uh, that's a bad take by me. I, they traded him to Indy, and I was like, oh, man, him and Frank, they're going to get that magic potion brewing again like they had I mean, he was horrendous on I, the I stretch. Would, yeah. I would stick It'll with Bankert over Wentz. Year. You would stick with what? I'll stick with Kurt Bankert over Wentz. Oh, wow. Because at least we don't we wouldn't have to pay him wow. nearly as much. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it from, <laughs> from Packers owner Jacob Phillips. All right. We have a few – we have a smattering of questions here. The – the buy or sell, Jacob will be joining us uh, for these questions as well here in, over the next five minutes and change. Uh, with Henry McJagger Menegos, as Trent Yeah, by says. the way, i just like to call Hank McJagger because he looks great in a jacket, and he loves the Stones, and he is just He does a, look great in a jacket. Like, wow. Hank's a killer. All right, Mr. Menegos. Rock and roll, boys. Without further ado. All right. It, uh, buy or sell, a coaching change is on the horizon for Michigan State hockey. Sell. Let's put a pin on this because yeah. we're going to have Cam McLaren in a little bit. That's my bad. Mismanagement on my no, part. No, you're, that's all right. I am also going to sell. We'll get to mm, it. More, more on that in a minute. Matt Merrifield is stewing over here. So is <laughs> Brendan. Oh, the tension is building. Buy or sell, the Philadelphia 76ers will finish atop the Eastern Conference. One, two, Three, no. Bye. I got it. I got it. No. Here's, no, no, no. Right now, I think the Heat are in first. It, I, I, do I think that's going to hold? No. James Harden looks excellent, but he's a great fit with what they're trying. I don't like him either, Sloan. He's prickly. I don't like him either, but he's an exceptional fit with Joel Embiid, and the, the, the Sixers are currently two and a half games back from first. I think they finish atop the Eastern Conference. Okay. The Bucks are also starting to figure it out, too, so we'll see. So, regardless... The, the the point the my biggest points here will they finish atop the Eastern Conference perhaps but when the playoffs come around Harden's a losing player and Bead's a losing player well, Doc that, Rivers yeah, is true. the most overrated coach in basketball in my that's opinion. also true he's so, won three three one leads in his career I'm not as I'm not really high on the Sixers but I digress I thought that was going to be a consensus one two three oh no Jacob do you have any thoughts on this I mean I hope the Bucks come out on top of the East but Same. like they're still figuring it out it really has killed me to watch this season proceed, you know, the championship winning season last year. So and I, I'm not a James I'm not a James Harden guy. I'm not buying it. I don't think the 76ers got it. Love that. Buy or sell Pistons Cade Cunningham will win rookie of the year. 
Definitely. Bye. Bye. Yep, absolutely. Let me break it down for the people. Cade Cunningham, when you add up his points, rebounds, and assists, is 26.5. Evan Mobley is 25.5. And, so and that'll Cade's go got, down as they distribute the ball more down the stretch. Yes, Mobley has a better field goal percentage, but Cade is better at three-point shooting and free-throw shooting. Cade's doing more with less. The worst teams get the top picks. The Cavs weren't supposed to have a top three pick. They jumped up because they always get lucky and do that kind of thing. So, look, you bring... Evan Mobley into a situation where he's instantly your third or fourth best player, whereas Cade is your best player every single night doing the most. And Cade's starting to hit a stride. I think he had a 25-11-7 game the other night or something like that. Uh, Cade's going to win this award. I think Mobley's touches are going to fade, too, down the stretch as kind of – I mean, the Cavs have some more veteran players on that team. Even someone like Garland's been around for a few more years. I could see his touches going down, other guys' touches going up. They probably want to kind of preserve – his, you know, kind of pureness per se, kind of keep him fresh for the playoffs. Are you an NBA guy, Jacob? What's who's your team? Pistons. I've, I've been struggling to get into the NBA. Bucks are my team, and I, I, I've been struggling to find the time to watch them. Much like MLB, I have just if it's not football, it really is a struggle to watch. All right, Mister Medic. Yes. Well, yeah, okay, so Brennan, here, use my microphone because yours is not. Here you go, oh. Brennan has some thoughts, please. Yes. So just the. Thing with with Cade on this rookie of the year is it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he doesn't win it, and that's because he wears that dreaded seven letter word across his chest, Detroit. I, I know that's a really good I know point. the other candidate is Evan Mobley. I know he put up his triple double against the Cavs and Evan Mobley. I know all the times they've played, he has better numbers. Blah 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 blah. But and, and Cleveland is also a disrespected city similar to Detroit, but not in the same fashion. So by Cade wins rookie of the year, he deserves it. The Pistons are back in 2023 to the Eastern Conference Finals. With Miles but Bridges and Jabari Smith. I won't be surprised if they go somewhere else. All right. You know, I like that take a good lot. Good call. Good call. All right, Mr. Menegos, we have one we have time for one more. And there's a question on this sheet that also goes alongside some listener feedback from Mr. from Mr. Nick. <laughs> no, that got deleted. But uh, buy or sell, yes. Buy, I, buy or sell, there will be a 2022 That's twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. twenty two. MLB MLB season. Are we okay. playing baseball this year, Sloan? It'll start in June. It'll start in June. I mean, they're meeting today at one. Too much money to be lost, man. They're I meet, just they're meeting today at one, but their deadline before canceling games is about twenty four hours away here. Actually, less, I think now. And man, they are still. Far apart. I don't think they're going to accomplish enough today. I don't think they're close enough to somehow slim that gap today or even tomorrow. I think it probably takes them another two, three weeks of these kind of negotiations to get something hammered out. By then, it's mid-March. You need, I'd say, six weeks to get everybody tuned up. Then you're looking at, hold on, math. You're looking at like... (laughs) You're looking at like late April. Yeah. So May by the earliest, and that's being optimistic. June, perhaps. I'm buying we could it, see but it's going to happen. Memorial Day opening day. It's going to be late. So, yes, this I'm going to buy Jacob, joke. buy or sell. Bring us home. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a late season. There is no way that this constant back and forth with no side letting up is going to be solved within the next 24 hours. That's just impossible. They're going to have to cut games. It's going to be a late season. It's a damn joke. We could I could talk about this for two hours, but we don't have enough time for that. On the other side, 
Trent, I want to. You, you. We have a special guest here. We do. My brother Miles is going to come on here and throw me under the bus and talk about how maniac, maniacal I am watching sports. Uh, we're going to talk a little Lions. We're just going to. We're, we're going to do a mixed bag with my brother. We'll have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see a whole new side of Trent Bally in two minutes. Yeah, you're on the Green and White Report on WDBM. He's Lansing. Eighty-nine FM, the music that matters. It is the end of the universe. One man stands alone in the barren wasteland. It's raining lava, and circling above are metal horses with three heads that breathe lightning. Skulls are everywhere. He raises his guitar to the sky. Every mountain explodes. And he refuses to listen to anything but the hours of power. Thursday nights at 10. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Slow down, you're driving too fast. Uh, all right, honey. Okay. My seat's cold. Turn off the AC. Hey, watch out for that red light. Oh, that's not really red. That's just the warning light. It's fine. We're almost there anyway. Look out for that bicycle. Laser car Cutie humans, why is it that you cannot seem to operate your motor vehicles safely? Next time, there may not be a giant robot around to prevent imminent disaster. Whoa, put me down! And you, with the pedal-driven two-wheeled apparatus, why did you not guarantee the crosswalk was clear before you entered? I, uh... And where is your helmet? Human brains do not have a standard factory part number and cannot be easily replaced. For tips on optimal survival strategies while biking, you should visit bikes.msu.edu. I will put you down now. Now I'm gonna be late for P-Knuckle. A message from 89FM. Impact 89FM. Bringing you sports updates this Sunday and every Sunday. This is the Impact Sports Update. And welcome into the Impact Sports Update here on the Green and White Report. Michigan State basketball came up with a much-needed upset win over the fourth-ranked Purdue Boilermakers. Four players in double digits for MSU, including 13 points for Gabe Brown. Tyson Walker added eight points, including a game-wing three with one second left to play. Spartans will be back in action on Tuesday, going on the road to Ann Arbor to battle the Michigan Wolverines. In hockey, MSU snapped with a 13-game losing streak on Saturday, defeating Penn State 2-1 on senior night. This has been your Impact Sports Update. Thank you, Hank, for the uh, for the hype music to bring us in because we got a really fun segment coming up here. I want to welcome into the studio, Mr. Miles Bally, my brother. Kind of be funny if there was no relation or something, but no, he's here. Miles, thanks for joining. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? <laughs> See, great. There would be. This is fantastic. This is this is a this is big time right here. It's a family affair today. This is we gotta have we gotta have all three brothers Bally in here at some point. Yeah, you know if if we could drag Brock to East Lansing, he'd probably like to do it. I don't know. Yeah. The the Bally Roundtable. I'd be the outsider in this. Yeah, and we you'd have, we'd have fun. You'd fit right in. Brock, you'd get rowdy or not Brock Miles. I, just, I had Brock on my mind. I was you already like, did it, Sloan. Three brothers. Yeah. So. It's always Bally, and every time I auto, I type Bally in my phone, it always autocorrects to Bailey, and it's terrible. What are people doing? It's a lame excuse. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that multiple times. Miles is over it. Look, I, I, I'm a little more forgiving than Miles is, but when, when we say the name, it's like it's like Valley with a B. That's how I always, you know, come at it. But then people are like, well, what about like, you know, Alley or Tally? Those don't have E's in them. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. Done talking out. to you about this. Yeah, out. But we've got some fun questions. We have Miles a lot to is, get into. Miles is a diehard Detroit sports fan, just like I am. He's a Central Michigan Chippewa. We've got a matching question on the docket, so stick around. Oh, man. I, I'm going to get a cold. I'm going to have a cold take on that. You can kick us off. All right. So, Mr. Miles Bally, what is your take on the future of the Detroit Lions? We're going to be the Bengals in about two years. That's a great. I love that take. <laughs> the whole Bengals situation <laughs> just yeah. fe- fans the flames, right? The brightest future in the NFC North, in my opinion. No, see, that's the thing. I I think that's like a big possibility, with like Rodgers on the out, Devontae Adams on the out. We're a, we're a step ahead in everyone in terms of coaching. Hey, you think know? about it. Too. Got they that have one the, year. They have the cap flexibility. They have lots of <laughs> draft picks. They're gonna go get that quarterback in next year's draft. Hopefully not this year's. Yeah, no or, kidding. My, my Bryles, my my top take on the Bryles. Lions. <laughs> Bryles. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna combine both. Just we're gonna combine. Screw it. What's a, what's a combination of Trent and Miles and Brock? Mabriles. I don't know. BTM. Something. BTM. Behind the mask. Shout out. So my top take on the draft for the Lions is I want them to trade down from two this year, pick up Kyle Hamilton, hopefully with one of those two Giants selections, in my opinion, and then recoup some of those draft assets to then trade up next year for a quarterback like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud because – in my opinion, I think this team is going to be too good to be in the top five next year, so they're going to need to trade up to get that quarterback, in my opinion, and I've I've kind of been dying on that take. Well, yeah, Miles, give your thoughts on Goff. Tell the people what you think about Jared Goff. Yeah. Well, Miles played quarterback in high school, by the way. That's his position. Stafford was his boy. I got a question about that after this. But Super give, Bowl your, champion, give your baby. thoughts on Goff. Um, you know, Goff wasn't that great this year. He didn't impress me. Uh, he grew on me, you know, when he threw the touchdown pass to Monroe St. Brown. Um, and, and he showed that he could go down the field and win a game. But overall, just like he turned around, took way too many sacks, didn't get rid of the ball, can't throw it farther than 15 yards. Like, you're not going to win football games just like that. I mean, you're not. I, he's a stop. No, I agree. Stop I, I think he played well enough at the end of the season to earn a spot as this stopgap for this upcoming season. But I do completely agree with you. He is... He's got small hands, which I know is kind of a Twitter alliance Twitter thing. He's got, you know, can't grip the ball and spin it as well right. for the football nerds out there. But like like former quarterback as well, you got to have nice big mittens to throw that football. But and you got to have the footwork and all that good stuff. Not a great arm, not elite size. And you know who does have extremely all that mobile? Stuff. Bryce Young, number nine, Matthew Stafford. Oh, that's true. And Miles okay. wore number nine growing up. So I want to ask you, in a word or two words. Tell our listeners what your reaction was when Matthew Stafford uh, hoisted the Lombardi Trophy two weeks ago. Oh yeah, I uh, I cried. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean that was my that was my childhood hero, you know. And for him to just like face all this adversity and have the city of Detroit mostly rooting for him. I mean, there's some outliers, but I think if you're a diehard Detroit fan, uh, diehard Lions fan, you were rooting for him that Sunday. And yeah, I mean, I definitely shed a tear and had a moment. Had my old Stafford jersey on. It was good. It was good. You see, another reason, Miles, why I shed tears is because the Lions couldn't do a damn thing with him while he was in Detroit. To watch him in his first season removed from the club, yeah, it took easily one go run yeah. the table, win the, win the Super Bowl with a very good team around him and a good coaching staff. 
part of me just sitting on my couch bitter after the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago just said, damn, it really kind of sunk home. We could not get it done with this guy in Detroit, and that falls directly at the feet of everybody who was responsible. We could make a nice long list of all those people, but that 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 unfortunately – I wish that was my top emotion. Oh, I you wish, were you were scorched earth. The, the unfortunate thing <laughs> in that situation for me is I wasn't necessarily my top emotion was not necessarily being happy because my anger was starting to overcome that. But love beats hate every day of the week. I need to te- take a yeah, lesson yeah, yeah. on that. Come on, kids, listen, tune in. We're giving life advice here <laughs> on a Sunday. We're it's a Sunday. We're preaching. Yeah. You can say that. Sunday morning. Amen. All right. So another question here we're going to say with football. So you're a Chippewa, and uh, what do you think about Wednesday night Maction returning for the 2022 football season? It's uh, I'm a big Maction fan. Yes. yes. I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I have a lot of friends and family members that have gone to Western, so I apologize. Sloan airs on the Western side. I, I'm a little bit on the Western side. I may have, have gone to Waldo Stadium for a game this past year. It was on a Wednesday night, believe it or not. It was the Central Western game. And um, I was not necessarily rooting for the Chippewas, so I do apologize. But Wednesday night, Maction, your thoughts? Love it. I think the energy is great. I got to go to one um, this year, and like it's like super late at night, and you lose some of those fair weather fans from like the general area that'll like come out to watch the Saturday tailgate game. warriors. Yeah, yeah, but you get the most energetic student section. I mean, like the game I went to this year, super late. I sat next to a dude wearing a Jesus like costume, and he was like, <laughs> "They're preaching fire. there." That's yeah. also the stuff that you get at Mac games because you, you, there's just like a there's more of a magnifying glass on the psychos that just love nothing but sports. So they're, they're and the the I can't describe it, but the things that unfold in Mac football games are just Ridiculous. unspeakable. We have another Maction fan here. That's Mr. Jay DeCoster behind the Jay, glass this really? afternoon. He attended a Wednesday night Maction game oh, this year at awesome. Eastern Michigan, my my dad's alma mater. The factory, yeah. It was I think the factory. <laughs> yeah, that's their thing. I yeah, forgot. it was Eastern Western. It was it was a crazy game from start to finish. And yeah, we made a little trip with a friend of the program, Nick Sonic. It was it was a great great time. It was freezing, but we were able to tough it out. It was it was an amazing game. The factory, it, it's crazy. Nobody from the student section showed up, and most of the stadium is tarped off. So, Oof. see, that's the other thing too, Miles, about the Wednesday night action games. Once you start getting into the the meat of the fall, October, November, it, it's cold, and it kind of gives you that high school football feel at night, which is kind of fun and nostalgic. I like that a lot too. Yeah, for sure. Hey, when you were at Eastern, did they do the like uh, sledgehammer thing? With they, the... Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's, and also that's the, open, the best open, interest opening, in sports. Opening Horrible. kickoff, there's this huge cannon just flares, just <laughs> fires off, and we we all were like were startled. It was it was crazy. So, Maxion, yeah, they just do mm-hmm. it differently. Yeah, there's nothing, different. there's nothing quite it's like great. it. Um, I, I, Miles, I gotta ask you because you also are a Michigan State fan. You grew up with me being a psycho watching all these Final Four runs and all that kind of stuff. Who's your favorite Michigan State men's basketball player of all time? Matt McQuaid. <laughs> That's a great call. <laughs> Hands He's a great down. Guy. I mean, he was exactly the way I played, except I'm not 6'4", but like... Yeah. The pride of Duncanville, Texas. Miles never saw a shot he didn't like. He could just... Yeah, I mean, he could shoot. I remember in that... Uh, was that 2019 we beat Duke? Oh, yeah. he was such yeah. a key part of that team. Oh my so gosh. underrated. I just I vividly remember some of those games and just like that's when I was like, all right. It's know. cool to have him back with the program now as what does he do? He's not a uh, grad he's, assistant. I he's don't know. Vi- Brennan no, not knows. video. Yeah. 
That, that, oh, no, no, it, it is a gonna... player development something or whatever. I don't know. Either way, that's a that's a really good call. God, my favorite. I'm a little bit. You see, I can't really dig as far back as as you guys because I know that the the Bally's grew up Michigan State fans. I did not. Oops. Um, but so I I have some recency bias about this, but. It'll be good recency bias for Brendan. Mine, and it's not even close, is Cassius Winston. My sophomore, my freshman year here, when I was growing up and becoming a, a Michigan State person from, I grew up 10 minutes from Ann Arbor, so don't blame me too much here. Yeah, no, but no, no, no. All wa- roads lead back to Lansing at some point. Watching him galvanize the team over those two years with, obviously, the first resulting in a Final Four, and the, the second, honestly, in my opinion, probably would have been a national championship. I would die on that hill today, but... Seeing him, the chemistry he had, his game, the craftiness, and, and watching him develop from a, being a freshman and a sophomore and kind of being more of a role player on those those talented Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson teams to all of a sudden he's your guy and accepting that and being an extension of Izzo on the floor, it's, it's Cassius and it's not even close for me. I'd name my dog Winston if I had one. <laughs> if you had one. One of, the, one of the greatest ifs in life. I want a dog. What kind, of do- what kind of dog would you have? Me? Yeah. A husky. Husky. There you go. Huskies are pick. great. They, they like talk. Huskies talk to people. I see TikToks oh, all yeah, the yeah, time yeah, of huskies yeah, yeah, yeah. communicating with humans. They... I want an English bulldog. That's what I want. But um, okay, Miles, I gotta ask great you. Call. I gotta ask you. Set complete. We're gonna completely shift gears here. Um, Detroit sports jerseys. We always talk about how you love the teal with the Pistons, and it was announced or leaked that the teal is coming back next year. And Cade Cunningham probably had a lot to do with that. But what's your favorite Detroit sports like uniform ever? Any of the four teams? Oh, um, I just I just have to say, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to go with like the Barry Sanders Lions. Yes. Movies. See, I so you and I are we agree that that yeah. the Lions the, should the go back numbers, to that. The white numbers. Yeah, the gray numbers ain't it. And the Lions I'm not a are, fan of what they run out these days. It's just kind of okay. No, but they they their four years are up or something. Isn't that how that works? They can switch. Uniforms now. Yeah, so. it's just the ones they run out there now are definitely modern and better than the ones they had kind of when we were growing up. The old Matthew Stafford jerseys and the Lions jerseys and the Calvin Johnson era per se. These ones are fine. They're a little more futuristic looking, but numbers got to be white. Little complicated. I love basic. Give me a nice basic jersey. Yeah. Good color scheme. Lions have a good color scheme. I don't know. I, I have some thoughts on uh, Bubbles the Lion, their mascot. Yeah. Kind of uh, not great in my opinion. Just kind of, just kind of average. I'm not the biggest fan. Like, well, it's the fine, real mascot of the but... team is Dan Campbell. Yes, that's, that's just correct. kind of how it works. I mean, he buries film and talks about you know having two venti coffees every morning. But your take two miles is that a lot of our teams you can't really. There's not a ton of alternate jerseys to play with because the Wings have worn the same thing for 50 years. Tigers. The Tigers have worn the same thing for 50 years and. The Pistons will do some wacky alternates like those blue ones they had last yeah. year, which Oof. were horrible. But I haven't liked the City Edition for like ever. I mean, with, the, I, I, I like want... the ones this year. The red. Yeah, or, yeah no, the, that's the, not the city. That's like the throwback. Yeah, I don't know. There's like, dude, like I don't even know anymore. Hey, Big Sean's in the building now, though. He's the one that's doing the. You know, he's kind of helping with the. He's doing a good job. I like in the my red, opinion. though. I hope they keep red in some variation next year alongside teal. I don't know. I like. Them, I, I like the Pistons using multiple jerseys, whether it be the gray, the home white, the blue, the teal, the red, because I'm not like a an uber fan of, of their normal jerseys and their color scheme. It's just kind of 
average in my opinion. The that's kind of, that might be kind of a hot take on the red, the white, and the blue, but. I don't know. It's not my favorite in town. I'll just say that. Well, we can stay here in Detroit. We've got about five more minutes. We're talking here with my brother, Miles. We're just chopping it up about anything and everything that we all have in common. The Bally's. Miles, the next Detroit sports team to win a championship is... The Detroit Lions. (laughs) (laughs) And I I actually agree. You're wearing a Tigers hat today in studio. I thought it was going to be either them or the Wings. Yeah, Because that's who I favor. You know, the Wings have a lot of upside. I think all of Detroit... Sports too. Well, yeah, we Brendan's all... over here doing the. I think you're motioning the Pistons. Brendan thinks his microphone is on. You, you oh, can... it's 100 percent the Pistons. 2024. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think the Wings are going to get there fast enough. See, they're all is... going to be good again. At, I like, think 2000 to 2009. Right, every one of them was fantastic, except for the Lions, of course. And the Lions are an anomaly. I never count them <laughs> when I'm saying all Detroit sports. But they're all going to be good again. Bull. The 2025. 20, to 2035 is the decade of Detroit sports. We kind of have a lot of dissent here because you're going Lions, you're going Lions, you're going Brendan's going Pistons. So the Bally's are on the Lions, and then you have Brendan, and then I'm more on the Tigers' wings. I'm, end I'm of close things. with Tigers. I, I can't do I the think wings. Tigers justice. are my number one. AJ Hinch and the upside he brings to that club. Damn, I don't, damn it, do I miss baseball. I don't think there's a wrong answer, and I think the point for the Lions that, Miles, you were trying to get to was just that there's so much parity in the NFL that you can turn things around quicker. Like, you I mentioned the Bengals. That. Could be That's the Bengals more of a thing. Years. And they hit, They already took that first step. Like, you talk about Dan Campbell has six years on his contract. The Lions had a productive first one, even though it started horrifically. He came on strong at the end. You got something to build on. We've, so We've got the most upside in the entire NFC North. Oh, I completely agree. Like, Rodgers will be gone. Down. Like, think about it. You know, Vikings and Bears just... Vikings, totally Vikings stink. The clean house. Clean well, the, well house. the Vikings, hey, I, uh, the, the case for the Vikings is that they've got a lot of young offensive talent. They bring in an offensive coach. Uh, and, and, you know, Henry talked about that a couple weeks ago. But Bears stink. So, Miles, you've got the Lions okay. hoisting the Lombardi. What year does it happen? Uh, 2022. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I can't just go right next year. I'll say, I'll say by 2026. Okay, so See, in that, the, in the like Dan that, Campbell though. in the Dan Campbell era, because think about it, you can let some of those draft picks marinate. You can bring in the the quarterback of the future because you and I, Miles, both agree that Goff is easily not the guy, and <laughs> you, not it. you'd have to get creative to convince me that he is the guy. Like really, really mental creative. gymnastics. I'm not a mental gymnastics fan. I'll I be, am. I do oh. it all the time. There's a lot of Michigan fans doing a lot of mental gymnastics about the Jawan Howard situation, but oh, yeah. that's a story. Yeah, Miles, for another what's your segment. take on Jawan yeah. Howard? Give it to us. He stinks. I, I watched that. I watched Don't worry, that. He live. only slapped him. He didn't. Close, I was I was hit, in my dorm room and he just like palmed his entire face. And I was watching it live, and they were, the announcers were like, "Holy shit!" Like they didn't know what to do. There's yeah. a scrum in Madison. Well, dude, I just it didn't got, understand. Like Rabenhoff. I didn't under. Uh, okay. We have to move on, but he is from the south side of Chicago, so shout out to him. You know, I, I completely that completely justifies it. Um, Miles, what is it like to watch sports with Trent? This is, is it is an experience, but <laughs> in your opinion, what makes that experience what it is? There's just so many ways to go about this question. Oh boy! Overall, like when I talk like things we love the most, which is Lions football, like being in Ford Field together, it's great. Oh, I went to a Lions game this year. It was a Cardinals game. Yeah, yeah. That was great. That was the one we weren't at. Yep. Coincidentally, otherwise we would have linked up. We could have had a meetup. But yeah, we have fun in Fort Field. Oh, yeah. Of course. We always just get rowdy, and it's it's fun because just diehard Detroit fans. But then, I mean, there's times where you have to be in the zone to watch a sport with Trent. Like, if I'm watching finals basketball and LeBron's in it, like, 
Just forget about it. Like I'd rather. You're not gonna have to worry about that this year, Miles. Growing up, Miles has come around on the LeBron thing, but growing up, Miles was the biggest Steph Curry fan, so he and I would just trade blows all season too. It wasn't just a finals thing. Steph Curry is the player of his generation. uh Magic. I I was I was about to say (laughs) something that I I would have might get me in trouble there, but Steph Curry in terms of the 2010s is the player of our generation because. He's revolutionized the game, in my opinion. So I like that take a lot. I want to I want to bring us home. I got one question because I know this is going to be a good answer. Miles, you have your best friend, your roommate, Zach Summers. Shout out to him. He is a Green Bay Packers fan. <laughs> Terrible What Packers. is your take on the Aaron Rodgers situation? I just, I don't even want to waste my time. <laughs> I, I don't like that man. I hate him, actually. And he's leaving. He's leaving. He's leaving. What do we have? The Rogers supporters group over here behind the glass. No, that was that was a buzzer for Rogers. Okay, good. Thank yeah. you, Hank. I was going to say his that. time's up. He can go host Jeopardy or something. Maybe Wheel of Fortune this time. I don't really care. Just oh, don't get, let him near Wheel of Fortune. Of I love NFC that North. game. Jeopardy, on the other hand, ever since Alex passed away, it, it the, the quality oh. of the show has gone down a lot. So he can have that because sad. No, it really is sad. I hate to see it fall so low, but. The NFC North contingency here, we're missing Jacob, obviously, so the Packers uh, contingent is not here, but Rodgers, out. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We Greatest a- basketball player of all time is? LeBron James. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I knew what his answer was, but I had to get on, I had to I get on the airwaves. What, I, I have to do this one more. Brendan is squirming in his chair. Who is your Tiger, Miles? Or my, Yes, yes, because baseball season will happen. Yes, it will. We're trying warming. to speak it into existence. Yes, I try to throw, Miles, who's your Tiger? Kilbadoo. Yes, that's a great answer. I was an outfielder too, though, but like he just has energy, man. Like he goes through a lot more highs than he does slumps. I feel he like. swings that magic yeah, by the wind way, up there yeah, at the plate. Miles is just kind of slipping in the fact that he was like an all-star athlete, and I was just over here like a swimmer and tennis <laughs> I player. Was a scrub. <laughs> that's why I'm behind <laughs> the Miles microphone is like, right yeah, now. Yeah, I played. I played quarterback. Yeah, I, I played like Matt McQuaid. Yeah, I played in the outfield. Yeah, I, just, I, did. I didn't I do any of those of things. So yeah, <laughs> Trent and I are the <laughs> definition of washed up. Look at us oh, now, Trent. I'm so washed. What are we doing here? We're so washed. Washing. This is why we're behind the microphone right yes. now. We got a, we got star athletes here. Miles was a star athlete. Henry was a star athlete too. Hank, I'd like to see you guys go one on one. I would take athlete off of that and just say Henry's a star. Right, I, thank you. <laughs> I'm not saying you're not a star athlete. I'm saying you're a star in every aspect of life. Henry Amenagos is one of the best people you'll ever meet. There's a basketball court right back there. Hopefully, there's not snow on it. Yeah, and we're gonna ice. We're gonna go one on one here. We're running pickup after the show. We're gonna broadcast it. We got enough guys in the studio to do it. We'll have a three-man broadcast crew of of Brendan and I and you, like the like the, the good old days at the Breslin. Yes. So, all right, Miles. Any final words here as we wrap up the, the the special guest segment this morning on the Green and White Report? Any trash you have to talk about, Trent? <laughs> yeah, Trent, you got anything? I just thank you guys for having me on. I think oh, of course. There's a certain catchphrase that you can definitely say before you head out of here. One pride? Yes, that's it. Oh, right. we yeah, ended. I figured that's what he wanted me to say. <laughs> Miles, you know. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. See, that's another that's contender. That's another good one. Miles, you know we end the show every day. Trent ends the show every day by saying one pride. There hasn't been a show I've done with Trent this year when he hasn't said one pride, even when the Lions aren't playing. So, so in about 11, 12, 22, quick math, <laughs> 38 minutes. He will say one pride once again. Yes. But nevertheless, Miles, thank you very much for joining us here on the Green and White Report. We're going to have the whole Bally crew in here drag Brock over to East Lansing. It'll happen sometime. And, and make it happen. But thank you very much for joining us. More guests on the other side. MSU Hockey is the objective, and Cam McLaren is back this week to talk to us about that. They snapped their 13-game losing streak last night, and it might have been because I was in attendance. More on that to come. Oh. 
on the Green and White Report. Hey, Brendan said I was the good luck charm. 89 FM, the music that matters. Are you finding it harder to wake up in the morning? Coffee just not doing the trick lately? Morning commute putting you in a bad mood before work? Stress no more. Impact's here to make your mornings a little brighter with AMs on 89. Join our hosts, Taylor and Luke, as they cover the latest news headlines, current happenings, and trending topics that you want to hear about. AMs on 89, every Monday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., only on 88.9 The Impact. Oh, yeah, this is happening. This is happening. All right, we won the game. Three, lift on three. One, two, three. No, oh, hey, guys, wait, why are you bring me outside? <laughs> what if it rains? My bolster is not built to hold up in the rain. The I mean, it's cold out here. I don't I don't think I'm supposed to be out in the street. Okay, okay. Let's drop it here. You got the gas. Wait, what do you got over there? Go, 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 go. Oh, what is this? Oh, it smells awful. Why are you doing this? Remember all the times we spent together? Just me and you and the occasional special guest, as you called them? All the time we spent playing Mario Kart and watching Netflix together? Yeah. What? Does that mean nothing to you? Wait, wait, don't come near me with that. That's really hot. Ow! Why are you doing this? The couch I made for sitting in comfort. Spartan teams are bound to win. Don't rally around the wrong thing. You could get kicked out of the Spartan family and blow your chances of landing that dream job. Celebrate safely and focus your heat on that special friend, not your upholstery. Brought to you by the MSU Celebrations Committee. Impact 89 FM. Bringing you sports updates this Sunday and every Sunday. This is the Impact Sports Update. And welcome back to the Impact Sports Update here on the Green Wire Report. In Detroit sports, the Red Wings fell to the Maple Leafs 10-7 at Little Caesars Arena on Saturday night. And the Pistons fell to the Celtics 113-104. They will be back in action tonight at the Charlotte Hornets. This has been your Impact Sports Update. Welcome back to the Green White Report on WTBM. Pleased to be joined live in studio by Mr. Cam McLaren and Mr. Matt Merrifield and Trent Bally and Henry Menegos and myself. Ready to roll. The, the last segment with Miles was fantastic. It was the, the Bally brethren are here. He took it easy on me. I Bally. definitely thought he was going to talk about, you know, the times that I've like lost my mind and See, broken was, things. And, he no, was he sitting was, over here and I was like, man, I just want to just dig, your, dig his claws yeah, right, right into you and just go at it. Yeah, no kidding. Cam, Matt. The streak is over, and my family and I were sitting at Munn yesterday watching the game, and I think it was because we were there that the streak is over. Hank, is there a sound for, like, the hallelujah? Like, is there a clip for that? Do we have anything that... Remo- that it- <laughs> oh, trumpet fanfare. Trumpet fanfare. We, we love go. trumpet fanfare. We, we haven't heard that in a while because we haven't done the Sparty Awards. That is true. We have to be better. No, but anyways, well, we will. You hey, know who was better? Week. You know who was better last night? MSU hockey, MSU puck. All right, Cam, your thoughts on uh, ending the streak and senior night as well. Well, first off, they should have ended the streak Friday night, so let's not sugarcoat that. Self-inflicted wounds and just power plays that they gave Penn State. You knew they were going to score. I actually called it about five seconds before McEachern scored to make it 4-3. to three. I turned to Jacob Stintz and I said, he just missed. They're about to reload. He's not missing again. And he went, McEachern went near side, saw a gap, missed. As soon as I said that, went back up to the point. McEachern fires it far side because Charleston over adjusted. And that's your game winner, 4 3. 
tap in the empty net. But last night was one of those quintessential Danton Cole Spartan winning two to one hockey games. It I, I tried to write it in the recap of it was typical of the senior class. You know, it's a low scoring, high intensity game. There's a lot of shot blocks. You know, this that's where the Spartans miss uh, former defenseman Tommy Miller, the shot block king. Um, and then you get one of the Krieger brothers getting kicked out for a check on a person who was five foot four. So I really have no clue. That was a shame that that was his last moment at the ice at Mun. That was not good. I mean, I didn't see the hit personally because it's through where it was. It was right in front of the Penn State bench. And I have glass players and other things looking at at it. I was under, I was behind the net where they shot once in the second period, so okay. I had a pretty good look at it. And my dad turned to me immediately and said, "He's gone." So, dad, the textbook, this, dad always knows. That's the textbook reason why you have the stop signs on the back of kids' jerseys nowadays. Big up USA Hockey, but yeah, um, Michigan State, you know, self-inflicted wounds, and they didn't bottle it. As Matt Merrifield just did. <laughs> and I did not mean to make that joke immediately, but I, I was going to say that, and then all of a sudden you bottled it, Matt. I, I did. That was a party foul on my bed. Um, last night, I thought they were going to blow it when Krieger took the penalty. Oh, I yeah. thought, oh, How my. about that kill? Holy mackerel. I was down there behind the goal. I was in fan mode because I could be last night. Yeah. So I, I was... So Ritter made a bunch of good saves. I was I was on my feet, and then I gave him. There was a small standing ovation at Munn when they killed it off. But Penn State, man, they're not they're not good either. Also, on 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 a separate note, the Penn State uh, they had a student section there. Yeah, that was, and they were so damn annoying. Go back to Happy Valley, you bums. Well, <laughs> so it's actually pretty wild because the the kid that was next to me who was working for PSU Radio Comms was with them and he he asked his asked his superiors to see if he could cover the game and uh he got a credential so i was talking to him the entire game and he was like yeah this is our one sponsored trip every year they go somewhere and this year they why just happened to us <laughs> yeah why? easy victory maybe question mark ha, I don't know. they didn't get it last night no bums. they didn't oh my gosh and you you talked about how you thought they were going to lose that game it literally looked like they would and then you talk to Nico Mueller after the game, and he said, we were not going to lose that game. End quote. He, he literally just said, we were not going to lose that game. They had seven shot blocks on that five-minute power play for Penn State. And, and then Cole Krieger saves the goal. He swipes it off the goal line. As it, that was, um, that was, that was right unbelievable. in front of me. That was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right Cole Krieger saved two tossed. goals last night. He saved his brothers, you know what, too. So how much, how much of last night's win, Cam, do you think was attributed to the fact that they simply were not going to let the seniors lose their last game at Mun, Because they played, I mean, since I, in, in, in every game I've been to at Mun this season, they played the hardest they have last night, I'd say. It's either that or Notre Dame last Friday. They finally strung together a full 60 minutes. It wasn't perfect, and it wasn't pretty. By any means, it wasn't pretty. It was like watching a soccer game. It was five minutes at one end, five minutes at the other. It was back and forth, and the, it was just... Big, timely saves that you needed from DeRitter. That's what you've come to know of him for the past four years. MVP. For sure. I think he made 38 saves last night. It's a class of 2022, baby. They were, very, they were very good saves. A few of them were very good, and he did get bailed out a little bit in the third period. Um, I think, what was it, Connor Kerwin missed a wide-open net, and then he stonewalls. 
I believe McMenamin. It should have been three one two because State missed a wide open net in the second period. I believe. Yeah, there there was a few. It could have gone either way, but long story short, just a very ebb and flow game. But it was the first time all season that they played a full sixty minutes, and that's what they needed, especially on Senior Night. So I think it was a mix of all of the noise of losing thirteen straight, the uh, heartache of losing five to three the night before on self inflicted wounds, and uh, trying to get at least one game going for them heading into the tournament so you hinted at it the regular season is over michigan is the opponents at yost starting this friday three game series best two of three you will be there on the call for wdbm at yost and uh well what can michigan state take from yesterday's victory and and the last couple series at home into this series at michigan with uh, yet another crack at the wolverines looking to beat them for the first time this year well, according to a few of the other media members, you know, Michigan State coming in as the hot team. Michigan's on a slump. They got they're on a two-game losing streak. Michigan's on a one-game winning streak. Ask anybody on the team, they'll say we're on a one-game winning streak. So, I think they've got that going for them. They haven't played bad. They just haven't played good enough to win games since the start of 2022. I mean, this is the same team, mind you, that was almost receiving or that was receiving votes in the USCHAO poll. Near the beginning of the season, especially after taking one in Columbus, two at home against Wisconsin. So it's still the same team. And they were in games against Western and they ended up beating Northern Michigan in overtime. And then everything fell off once the calendar turned to 2022. Um, maybe just a little bit of a hangover from the Michigan State football Peach Bowl win, possibly. But They've played good. They just haven't played good enough to win games. And last night was the first time that they flipped the script on that. Go ahead, man. Oh, okay. Um, my question is what, like, because I watched the team covered a couple games before the new year. They were, I would say, a top 20 team in America. At least they yeah. were playing like it. What happened after the new year? Because I agree with you. The team is there. But especially watching the Notre Dame series, they did not look any, they looked like one of the worst teams in America for the last couple Pretty much since the new year. I know this weekend was a little bit different, but at least that's what I saw. They were eking out games near the end of 2021. So let, let's let's address the elephant in the room. They played bad against Ohio State, ended up winning, played good against them the following night, and lost. You can't... Uh, I'll take a quote from the Dallas Stars. You can't win games in the press conferences. So they they just haven't... They run out of time, apparently, or they, they just don't play a full 60 minutes. But the big problem was is a loss of confidence, I believe, when Lewandowski's out of the lineup. He misses the Michigan Tech game. They end up winning. I think that was one of the two games that they had won all year with him in the uh, without him in the lineup. But it's just the confidence that that he has on this team was generally and very greatly missed, especially in that Minnesota series where first game they're up three to one. And then Minnesota scores six straight. They've had leads. They've played good. And then there's also games where they just play miserably. Mind you, the 4-1 to Ohio State game, the 7-2 to or 6-2 to Michigan game at Yost, it's in spurts there. And then other games, they just don't show up. I know the Lewandowski missing took a huge toll on the team, but my issue with him... With him making that big of an impact is Lewandowski's a very good hockey player. This is his sixth year on the team, right? Fifth, fifth, year, fifth yeah. year. I know he's been here a very long time. He's not 
and superstar NHL type talent. And I understand there more goes into it than that. But the fact that when he's out of the lineup, the team takes that big of a hit does kind of worry me with how the team's built right now, or at least how they play personally. But well, the other thing is, is that it comes to how many bodies you have on the team and who's battling for roster spots. When people start, you know, missing games and they're shuffling in the lineup, there's not as much competition at practice to keep your spot. I mean, you you take a look at what Michigan State football has done. If you Coach Tucker has said, if you are in the game, you are a starter. Doesn't matter if you're in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. If you're in the game, you have earned your right to be there. So for Michigan State, when you start having when you start losing bodies for Michigan State hockey, that competition kind of wears off. That novelty of being able to go into a game and being able to play in a game and not be a healthy scratch, it that wears off. So with Lewandowski back in the lineup, that's another roster spot that somebody has to play for. And right now, that roster spot is between Mitchell Madsen and Kyle Haskins. And the two of them have just been duking it out in terms of who's going to be there because Michigan State's rolled with an extra defensive skater. So there's only going to be 12 forwards. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be the case for the next few games, barring anything happening on a defensive end. But they're not going to have an extra forward skater. It's just going to stay with with 12 forwards, 7 defensemen. But when you start losing bodies and you lose a guy like Lewandowski, people start to get complacent. Okay. There is an elephant in the room. Can we do it? Do we have to? Do we want to talk anymore about the Penn State game, or do we want to get right into uh, the uh, the certain coaching situation up here? I'm, I'm up for it. Let's do like, it. Then. I, 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 so te- I texted him last night about this, so I am I am ready for the fisticuffs. All right. I'll, so I'll, Cam, I'll just, you, I'll just get this out of the way. Go too. for it. No, you, go ahead. Trent. No, no, no. I just I, I was just gonna say, Cam, lay it out. But Sloan, well, go for it. I mean, it, it's in my opinion, you drastic measures don't need to be taken here in my opinion you and for you and i had a text exchange about this a few weeks ago and i, I wanted to get you on the show but i think it was last week but you were in yeah uh, i was in the working and just kind of taking a holistic look at this team I don't, I don't like making excuses when it comes to the injuries but they've been a factor this year there's also been some other external factors the last couple of years that you know i know you want to detail but for what it comes down to for me at least is that the the facilities in place right now that they have are not good. They're they're terrible, um, and you know that's nothing against Mun. It's you know some of their stuff is outdated. Their locker rooms, training facilities, etc. And right now they're leading a project which is set to be completed before next year. A twenty-five big smackaroos renovation on Mun that's going to deliver some world-class facilities. That's being spearheaded by Danton, and I think you need to give him a chance to see the fruits of his labor come to fruition with the facilities and 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 see him go through next year. Yeah, and I mean, I listened to you guys on the radio coming in and you guys had a buy or sell about this. So if uh if Hank wants to do the do the honors for that, I I would be down for that. Yeah, Henry can Henry can toss it to us cuz this is a this is obvious, like I said, there is an I, I want to see the general mood in the room. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to assess this. Is there a buy or sell? This is the Danton Cole question. Oh, the Danton Cole question. <laughs> so just, you know, <laughs> do, are we buying or selling that Danton Cole gets fired? I'm selling. And Sloan is selling. You're I selling. am selling. I want to, I, I, if, in a word, Matt, what, what do you think? I'm buying. Okay. And I think Cam is buying as well. No, I'm full on. I'm hard sell. Oh, you, okay. Hard you sell. want, you, okay. Okay. So let's do let Matt go first. we have any other opinions first. on the room? Brendan, yes. opinion? Buy. 
Brennan says Ooh, buy. Brennan's buying. Brendan wants. Get him out of here. <laughs> get him <laughs> out of here. He says, let's let Matt drive on this then because Matt seems to be the minority here. You want you, Dan before, Cole. Before we the exchange happens here, what do you, what are your other um, thoughts on this to transfer for your cell as well? I just don't – Sloan, you kind of laid it out perfectly, and I don't pay as close attention to – in terms of the culture here as you guys do. I just don't think that that's the main issue. Like you said, Sloan, I think there was a lot at play as far as health. And like Cam said, you, you're looking at getting some more talent in here, and I just think that ultimately – you can kind of you can chalk up one more year, I think, and Plus, you can give them next year. And if it's the same results, if you, if there's another X amount of game losing streak, I understand. Then Plus, at that point, we got to move on. My other point too is, if you were to let him go, who's to say you're going to get a coach, a quality a hockey coach as quality as him? His his resume speaks for itself. Brendan thinks they grow That's on trees. That's the here. point. But, but, no, <laughs> wait. Mel, was Mel Tucker supposed to be the coach he was now? No. Now, honestly, if state. If they're higher, Tom if it's gonna, even. If it's gonna work, if this hockey program's gonna get turned around, it's gonna be with a coach that's probably not gonna be what everybody expects. Like, wow, that's gonna be a great hire. It's just gonna be one of those things that happens. All right, but Cam. I just Go Dan ahead. Cole is not that guy. Mr. McLaren, the floor is yours. So I I've been harping on this train for a while, and I know a lot of people are probably getting a little bit peeved with it of how I am still on the full on not ready to give up hope on Dan Cole. But talking to a lot of people and assessing where this team has been and where this team is going, mind you, he knows Danton knows that the results haven't come. If this is not where he wants the program or where he envisioned the program a few five years ago, whenever he took over. But it is a lot better now than it was back then in terms of what's coming through the ranks, what has been here. And mind you, I hate living in hypotheticals. I know Stearns hates living in hypotheticals. But two years ago, before global pandemic. History. Michigan We're getting State, into the history books. Michigan State wins two or three more games and doesn't finish or finishes, I think, above sixth if the team doesn't get the flu in January and February. And they, they win the, that Ohio State series. I, I will tell you that. They that's, win the Ohio that's State. That's great. They finish fifth. That's their best finish in six years. Okay. Plus, so here plus. we going. Here, here we, my floor. My floor. Okay. I'll let you. I'll give it. I'm just. Cam <laughs> said that's mine. Okay, and then go la- for last it. year is COVID year. Yes, other teams had very good rosters. They were able to do whatever they needed to do. Michigan State just was not built to be a contender last year. And then this year. They're not built to be a contender now. Sorry, well, no, I'll let, I'll they're let not. you finish. They're I, need not. To... I can tell you that. They're, they're not, but I at least thought they would win five or six more games and be in contention to finish fifth, but a contested fifth. Very contested fifth. Because Penn State was god-awful in the conference this year. Wisconsin was god. They were, they were atrocious this year in conference and overall. I think they have nine wins on the season, and they still finished above Michigan State because, well, Michigan State just kind of the brakes blew off at the turn of the year. But to me, I see giving Danton another year, get the renovations, get the talent that you need, build a program that is without Lewandowski, fix the system. The system's outdated. You can't play dump and chase hockey the entire time. And the only way that you do play it is whenever they play it like they did last night, where you force goaltenders who are now able to move the puck more. It's being taught a lot more when you're a when you're a younger player to come out of your crease, play the puck, assess the situation. Michigan State did very well last night in putting pucks 
away from Soulier to where he couldn't make a play on it. And that's how dump and chase is supposed to work. You, you need to find a way to beat those goaltenders. Like an Eric Portillo, who's very good at moving the puck, but sometimes he'll he's hit or miss. You got to take your chances on that. And that's what they're going to have to do this weekend. But the system is outdated to go against certain teams, like the Michigans of the world, like the Minnesotas of the world. Couldn't one argue that with an outdated system, the method of implementing a new system would be a new coach. We we kinda, it could. We kind of went through this with D'Antonio. Isn't that you like wanted, the you, best way to do you that? Want, you wanted rather before, than yeah. you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Right. But you also have X amount of you have seven seniors leaving. Three on the defense. You have Matson, who's the typical Danton Cole forward leaving. You have Lewandowski who's gone. And then you also have Good Sir possibly leaving the Kriegers. I, well, the Kriegers is the one of the or two of the three defensemen. I'm I'm thinking there's one more I'm missing. The there, point is, there, how yeah. many like how many years does it take? Why does he need an extra year? Be, like I, I I don't how many not just mediocre bad years is Cam's, he gonna is he gonna get? I'll back Cam up on this and uh, focus on what he inherited and in taking extra years, like with uh, Dan Campbell, for example, he got that longer contract because of the situation he inherited. Is that situation to play here, Cam? Yeah, because the the notion has been that the program isn't where it needs to be. Everybody in the system knows that. Everybody does. But net, not, the pieces that were there are not technically made to finish higher than fourth, but they should finish fourth. And my, my argument against all the naysayers right now has been, when you take a look at Michigan State, they are prepared to play in games. They had a 3-1 lead on Friday. They shot themselves in the foot. They had a 3-1 lead against Minnesota. Shot themselves in the foot. They have played games but they haven't finished games. And I can't blame that all on coaching because coaches don't have they don't have the skates on during the game. They can't go out and do and do all of that. They can't just flip schemes left and right as fa- in a fast-paced game like hockey like you can. You don't have a halftime break. You have two intermissions, but every intermission is different. So I, f- for me, it's just it, it's it's a mixture of both. Players I, not playing to the best of their ability or doing what they need to do on the ice and the coach is not preparing them as much. I, I'm two things. Number one, the team doesn't have the talent to win. Obviously no. that, 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 but there's one thing that those guys can control and that's going out there and caring and playing. And at some point you have to question that the Michigan game, both those games was terrible to watch. It was embarrassing. Well, did, up until last night, like you said, they want, they weren't going to lose that game. Where was that last month? Where was that when it got to losing one game? You lose once, you should want to go back out there and get the win. And I understand that it's not that simple, but at some point you have to put your foot down and say, we're going to go out there and win a, win a game because I'm tired of losing. And then that I know that's still under up, up to the players, but Dan has to control that, and he has to command that in the locker room, and he doesn't. And then the other thing that I want to get into is recruiting. We're five years in. These are Danton's guys. And... I grew up in Metro Detroit. There is no better place in America for hockey talent than the AAA teams down in Metro Detroit. None of them are coming here. They're all going to Michigan. A couple are going to Notre Dame. And then some are going out playing juniors in the OHL and everywhere else. But none of them are coming to Michigan State. And that's my issue. So Matt has more of a culture issue 
I do. Then as opposed to what's on the ice, because like you said, it, not, the, the product you get isn't winnable. Like the, right. and the team doesn't have the talent to win, right. and it's Danton's guys now as we are five years in. That's your argument. Yes. Okay, and Cam is saying that all things considered, Danton is like third or fourth to blame when you start to list things. I I will touch on the recruiting thing because I think it's uh, I like it, I understand it. I think it's a little bit too narrow because if you take a look at how the game is developed and take a look at how players how how it used to be you know i've talked to jamie baldwin the sid about how it was back in the day whenever she was originally on michigan state hockey michigan and michigan state had pretty there i think 80 percent of the rosters were were michigan guys straight michigan guys grew up together playing triple a those guys hated each other that's why those rivalries were so good now you take a look at Michigan's culture, and we we're not going to get into the whole Pearson allegations and the Oof. the emails and more the emails and the, the Holy crap. <laughs> But I will say this: Michigan is not built to be a title contender. They haven't been that, and that's why they 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 haven't won a national championship since the late '90s, if I'm not mistaken. They are an NHL pipeline. So if you want, ki- right. if kids want to go to the NHL, you're going to go to the Michigans of the world, the Minnesotas of the world. The Notre Dame argument, I understand because that is, number one, a very good rank, and that is a very storied program. That's the thing that Michigan State needs. They need right. to be a Notre Dame. And that th- those two teams, mind you, played each other in the 2006, 7, and 8 right. NCAA tournaments. All... Both of the or all three of those meetings came in the regional finals. It's just they've gotten away from where that status has been, and they need to be back up there. Now, mind you, I don't like Notre Dame because they play up and they play down. They are consistently inconsistent. But I'm and just who saying, likes Notre Dame? I mean, they they need to be able to recruit in state, yes, but they also just need to be able to have a clean slate. And I understand that's where Brendan's argument is. It's easier to have a clean slate with a clean mindset. I understand that, but I think there's also other changes that can happen. And the other part with recruiting is facilities, because arguably Michigan State has the worst facilities in the Big Ten, I'm, and I'm you aware. you can you can walk down there and see how bad it is. But it's getting better. It, it's getting better. I just they're, I they're say, operating in a basement. Right I know. Now. I know the facilities aren't great. <laughs> so are, are we? So are. Damn it! Oops. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I just threw everybody at impact under the I bus. Just, but we have a nice basement. We love though. this place. But I will it's say. To win a national championship in hockey, yes, I, I don't want State to just have 15 NHL players that are here for two years and leave. You have to go out and get the talent that most kids in Metro Detroit are. Very good hockey players that will be here for four years. You sprinkle in a couple guys that will be here for one or two that are going to win you, that are, put you over the top, and that's there. And you're telling me Michigan State can't recruit. What What does Michigan have that Michigan State doesn't have for hockey? I know their facilities are better. State's improving that. But the Colt State has a very great hockey history here. It's a great city to be in for two years. It's a great school. So there's no reason for Michigan State to not be able to pull better hockey talent. Facil- I think the facilities, facilities are bad. So yeah. the ice is terrible. Well, that's I, a different I, story. But I talked to Danton about it the uh, the other day, or what was it last week about where he was because he said he was out recruiting and he he was in Trenton. So he was he was out at Trenton recruiting. I thought he was going to be at you know the NAPHL stuff that I was doing. He was he was somewhere else. I forgot what tournament it was trying to recruit. But to me, it's just it's a culture difference, and also like 
when you take a look at what Michigan has and what Michigan has had the past few years, the big block M is striking back bigger and better than ever before, especially in hockey. They're not, they're flashy. They're very flashy. And that you don't win college hockey by being flashy. That's that's why, that's why UMass could repeat as national champions this year. Just because they're, they're, they're just not the flashiest of teams, right. but they get things done. Right. Hockey East gets things done. Well, look, let's put let's put a pin in this because we do. Uh, there's going to be some stuff that unfolds, whether they keep them or they don't. We will and definitely we'll re- we will revisit this. We're going to take a quick break, right, Sloan, and then we're going to have a gambling jamboree. Nobody go anywhere. No one go anywhere. Everyone, look at your your various sources for wagering information. Time flies when you're having fun. Everyone's got their phone. We got people waiting outside. Everyone's going to get in in just a moment here on the Green and White Report. 89 FM. I thought about it. Music they say all good things must come to an end. Well, they obviously never heard of Impact's online stream. Go to www.impact89fm.org and listen to our never-ending live stream as much as you want. The delicious music never has to end. Take that, they. Impact 89 FM. First. Hey, what floor are you going to? <clears throat> oh, uh, three. Thanks. <coughs> hey, didn't we, uh, have... Yeah, that one class. Yeah, that's so funny to, <laughs> to see you, because I <coughs> thought maybe we could, uh... Would you ever want to, um... <coughs> I was wondering if you, if I could stick my finger in your eye. What? No. Oh, I just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex Ew, in my pocket. That's uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Ugh. in your eye. Is that weird? No, don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Oh, sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Free. Studies show that three quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov slash clean hands. Impact 89 FM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM. I understand we have some listener feedback coming in at 517-884-8989. This listener feedback is from friend of the program, Nick. We love Nick. We got a quick one here. It's a quick question. What are your thoughts on the fraudulent Gonzaga Bulldogs loss? I said it last year when it happened. Brendan hated it, but I said Gonzaga's year was last year. That was their chance. They blew it. They're never going to have a team as good as last year's. St. Mary's They're very a sweet good 16 too. team. I think they're losing in the second weekend. I'm with you, Trent, and I, I think Nick is not a Gonzaga guy either. He's a he's a big West Coast yeah, conference he's, he's fan. He's familiar with the WCC. But I am I think Gonzaga's ceiling this year is a sweet 16. Once again, got to <laughs> prove it to me. Right. Brendan, thoughts on Gonzaga? Yeah, I'm out on them this year. Not not just after that loss. I think I was already out yeah. on them. But uh, Trent, you were right that last year was their year to do it. But don't get me wrong. Last year they had a fantastic team, and I knew they were probably going to be one of the best teams in the country. And oh they yeah, ended up doing it. But yeah, yeah they, it, they just it's not the same. Can't this get year. it done. And I and it sucks because I like Mark Few. But all right, folks, we have a special, very special edition of the Gambling Corner here. This is not at the gambling corner. This is the gambling room now. We have 
10 people here who are going auditorium we have 10 people here who are going to offer picks and this is going to be crazy it's like the 12 days of christmas but it's the 10 days of gambling I, I don't even know who to start with everyone has their phones ready to go trent i'm gonna yeah who do you want to start with yourself i've got Jawan howard plus 600 to hit a coach in the big 10 tournament Ooh. i'm absolutely just i'm totally kidding here's Those are my, good odds. my like actual pick it's actually I got, plus 700 I got, <laughs> it should be like minus 500 like it's gonna happen um i've got the pistons plus 10 they play the hornets tonight at 7 p.m., Cade Cunningham is finally hitting his stride a little bit. I don't want to say finally because he's been playing great all year, but uh, I think the Pistons can keep it a single-digit game and maybe even win this game tonight uh, in Charlotte. They're so I will take the Pistons. They're sorry, playing against sorry, future Piston Miles Bridges. They are. They are. And one might say that Isaiah Stewart is going to have a double-double tonight, and that was maybe where I was going to go, but I'm not going there. I'm going Pistons plus 10. Love all right. It. Matt Merrifield, you're up next. You are you deliver winners here. so uh, We're going to some big sky basketball. Woo! Wow. <laughs> Big game between Montana and Montana State. The Grizzlies will pull off the upset at home. It's actually a pick em, but Montana State's the best team in the Big Sky. But Montana will win at home. Go Grizzlies. All right, uh, Mr. Brendan Shabath, your selection. More college basketball, shocker for me. Uh, most can, most familiar with the Big Ten, so I'm going to keep it in the Power Five, unlike resident Matt Merrifield over here. Big Sky. Indiana. Big sky is big. That's where the money is. At Minnesota, 6 p.m. Eastern, Hoosiers, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Minnesota doesn't have a marquee Big Ten win this year. They're going to get it. Mm. Give me the go first, plus oh, no. three-and-a-half. Not Mike Woodson. How's ben everybody? Johnson Johnson. How's everybody? Ben Johnson. How's, How's everybody? everybody? How's everybody? <laughs> we okay. do love Mike Woodson. This is a Mike Woodson love, friendly show. Love is, is a strong word. But I love Mike Woodson. We're almost halfway through. I'm going to the association. Four or three forty p.m. Eastern time, Utah Jazz at the Phoenix Suns plus one thirty. I'm going with Mikhail Bridges points, rebounds, assists over twenty two and a half. Villanova shout out where Mikhail Bridges played. We love the Wildcats. Jay Wright also shout out a lot of juice here plus one thirty twenty two and a half. He's had a very good year. He's an emerging young player in the league. Points, rebounds, assists over twenty two and a half. Next, Mr. Cam McLaren. Yeah, tonight, back in the shell, Seattle, San Jose, over, under at five and a half. Hammer the over. Yes. Timo Meyer hat trick for San Jose. Goals for everybody. By the way, how about that Wings game last Future night? Future Red Holy Wing Timo Meyer. The football score. Go for it, Zach right, Slowick, everybody. Slowick is going to join the program now. Going, He's going to deliver a winner. We are going back to college basketball next Saturday oh. as 24-4 and four, Davidson is going to beat a twenty and six day and outright. Wow. Wow. What's the what's the is there uh do you have the odds on it? It's not out yet. Not out oh, yet. Okay, so so he before. likes he likes Davidson. He just likes him. He uh, likes Foster Lawyer. You gotta ride with the former Spartan. Yeah, I I, I don't hate a, it. That's Davidson gonna be a hell of a fighting game. Foster Lawyer. I don't hate it. Great pick, Slowick. All right, let's go behind the glass. Trent, pick a uh, contestant on the gambling corner. Let's go to Jay. Let's uh, let's see what Jay has to say. We're going to go to Big East basketball. Ooh, uh, Chicago's on DePaul Blue Demons take on St. John's at Wintrust Arena. I like St. John's minus two and a half. DePaul stinks. They are terrible. I saw them <laughs> against Providence on New Year's Day. They looked awful. They got blown up by 25. Uh, yeah, give me St. John's minus two and a half. Here's a little trivia about DePaul. I know St. John's isn't great, but they're fine for their Wintrust Arena. DePaul trivia from Renaissance? Yeah. Who? Is currently a DePaul, what is it? Are they demon fighting? Blue de demon? Blue, Blue demons? Blue yes. demons. Who's currently a DePaul Blue Demon that was a former Michigan State basketball commit? Aiken. 
No. Freddie Aiken. No Romeo idea. Weems. No. <laughs> oh. You're in the, you're on the right track. Brandon though. Johnson. No. It's um oh, like the I guy who went this. to Oregon and then transferred to DePaul. Oh yeah, it is. his name? Uh, Terry oh. Oh. oh Terry Aiken. Jalen Terry. Jalen Terry. Yeah, that sounds, right. sounds right. Let's go back behind the glass. Jacob Phillips, give it to us. I'm gonna do something a little bit unpredicted. So the 76ers and the Knicks play at one. I'm going to take the Knicks to cover the eight points. Really? Yeah, I, I don't feel – James Harden, they're going to pull it off, but I don't feel like James Harden can keep this momentum forever. I, hey, I'm going to James Harden slant like, I don't even like he's Harden, a bum. but my goodness. He's James a bum. Harden is a bum. All right, Miles Bally, what you got? The Milwaukee Bucks will be winning the NBA Finals. Oh, we got a future. <laughs> you know what? We got a, I got future. a future. I think he at, swings big. I think That's they're right. at plus seven fifty right now. If oh, I'm not mistaken, a lot of juice. that's juice. That's Mark a lot my of juice. words, they will be winning. So Miles, likes I the love Bucks. that. Music to Jacob Phillips ears. Hank, bring us home, boys. It's almost March. Oh, give, let's give, go! It's almost. We're two days away from March. Give Do it. it. MSU title odds. Well, I'm not going. I'm going Big Ten basketball though. We're seeing Big Ten basketball, and I want an upset. I want Maryland. Taking down Ohio State today, odds of plus 165 wow. outright. That's Give it to me, March, baby. Heat. Come on. All right, one more college hoops pick. You have one for Michigan, Matt. Oh, Illinois is going to rock Michigan today. Kofi Coburn's going to give Dickinson his lunch. The line I are going to win. Simple as that. All right. Hey, Brennan, Trent, and I will be there Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Yes, tip off right will. here on Tune WDBM. In. Ready to roll. Hey, also, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. There's a lot of names we got to get to. We have Cam McLaren, Zach Slowick, Matt Merrifield, Jay DeCoster, Miles Bally, Trent Bally, Jacob Phillips, Brennan Shabath, Luke Sloan, and Henry Menegos from all of us. This has been the Green and White Report, and we'll see you Ready to roll. next week. been listening to the green and white report on wdbm for all your sports news and notes go to impact 89fm.org sports